This and all episodes of the podcast have been brought to you by our generous patrons over at Patreon The Daisy Podcast. If you're interested in finding out more about how you can support the show each week, then please click the link in the description down below to find out more information about Patreon The Daisy Podcast. Thank you for your support. Alrighty then, folks, and welcome to episode 30 of the podcast. And yes, Diddy, this is the place where old men complain about stuff, mostly about Daisy. Um, and yeah, we are uh, poking fun at um, the balding members of the panel tonight, um, but hey, they, uh, I might have a broken tooth, but at least I've got all my hair, guys. It's like a, we've got like a perfectly split. We've got like one side of the screen's got full head of hair and the other side's, <laughs> me and Ben are just sat here completely laughing and just crying. But ladies and gentlemen, tonight we have a very, very special guest and I'm going to be perfectly honest, it's someone who I had never heard of. Um, and I'm going to guess the same probably applies to both Ben and um, Brim. Uh, someone who was suggested to us by someone who I definitely have heard of, Brian Hicks. And when Brian Hicks suggests a guest to us, well, that piques our interest. And just a little bit of research I was able to do, Matt Lightfoot or Matt Bloomer, what do you prefer to go by? So I'm Matt Lightfoot. Bloomer was my original birth name. Uh, <laughs> it's just I couldn't get Matt Lightfoot on Twitter. Yep. No worries. So, um, yeah. Mate, tell us a bit about yourself. You are a fascinating individual, the little bit that you revealed to us and the little bit we were able to dig up. Cool. So to introduce myself, my name is Matt. Um, I was one of the original Daisy mod team. So I was part of a gaming clan called USEC uh, with Dean for, oh, must be, must have been maybe four or five years before Daisy. Um, and we used to make mods for Armour 2, and we had a big discussion, well, basically about Daisy when it first started, and my role was on the mod team was essentially ramping up with demand and helping test the game, so I was right there from, well, day zero, literally, um, and I was the only other person from the mod, apart from Dean, to join the Bohemia Interactive project, so from Daisy moving to Bohemia, I was the... Uh, the only member of production up until about two months before release when Brian joined us. Um, wow. And yeah, so I, I got to see the whole move from mod to standalone. And I was part of, you know, I was having to delay it several years um, when we thought it was like, it's like World War One. Oh, it'll be all over by Christmas. And two, you know, a year later, it was like, um, oh, wow. Yeah. So it's, yeah, Daisy has literally given me grey hairs. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I imagine that applies to even us as the players, uh, especially those of us who, you know, stayed loyal to the game over all of these years. Uh, so well, how long ago did you actually leave the project? So I I joined in, I was looking, so I've I've been digging through my hard drives and from memory, the years always mix up. So I joined when we actually started it. So there was only six of us on the project right at the start, which was Dean, myself, and four programmers, which were the four programmers that had essentially built the Armour engine, which was real virtuality. And we started off in two bedrooms at Bohemia's studio just outside of Prague. And Dean and I basically lived opposite the shop. We lived above the mocap studio. Yeah. Um, 
so I was there from I think we joined at the end at, in 2013. So I was I was on day. I can check LinkedIn to give you the exact dates, but I was the, I was on Daisy for roughly two years, two and a half years from was the project very first starting to was having released the initial alpha release, and about six months after that, um, before I moved over to Armour. So you left before Dean left the team then? Uh, yeah, yeah I, I moved across about nine months, 12 months before Dean left, yeah. um, and I moved over to Armour. What was it like being involved in Daisy in those early stages, You know, with the concept stage and all the rest of it? So truthfully, we never really had a concept stage. Um, it was kind of... We were, I mean, at the time when I was, when we first started the mod, I was 18. I was a politics and international relations student. My career plan was to go into politics and work with a member of parliament. So like a senator or a congressman in the US. And I was pretty, you know, I was convinced that was where my life was going to be. So I I had four hours of lectures at university and the rest of the time I spent gaming. Um... There are some horrendous stories, you know, where we would spend 12 hours playing armor with, you know, our family. Um, Because essentially, Dean was in New Zealand at the time um, before he joined Bohemia. Uh, So, you know, we'd stay up all night playing hardcore military games. And when we made mods, it was really, what did we want to play? So DayZ was just a, we all kind of, you know, talking about it. And some of the things that we already had, like the medical system, we had that for think a couple of years you know we'd been working on that for years because that was part of our military gaming mod pack and actually the zombies were really the main bit that we actually added in um and and the loot as well and it kind of evolved we were the concept bit and like the actual initial setup of the mod wasn't that mad you know we just wanted to play a zombie survival game um what was mad was every day when we would wake up and there would be 10,000 more people that had that had started playing because we were able to see the unique users on the database and we were also able to see what was the average player count as well. So we could see what was our max player count for slots on a server and how many out of those we were using and we would literally max it out. We'd roll up another 10 servers and then we'd max those out as well. Um, and kind of my role in the mod was making sure that we were able to keep adding servers as quickly as possible um, without maxing out our credit cards and making sure that we have the teams to support that. So, or for some of the for some of the people that would have gotten into Daisy really early, um, they would have remembered like our support teams and ticket system and the for the old forums. Um, that was a lot of my stomping ground. I, I supported our volunteers that did the did the support system. We had about eighty volunteers, and we we had from my notes that I've not looked at for for seven years now. Um, I opened them up today. We were having about a ticket every minute and a half. So those eighty volunteers were literally working around the clock to respond to people's "How do I load up the mod?" Ben, um, how would you handle that as a server manager if you were getting a ticket every minute and a half, mate? Well, to Bad enough with one server, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Christ. So you were yeah, there I, right from, I watched Dean Hall's um, interview he did with Brian Hicks at the PAX Online. 
you were there from when the service first went live and that first person logged on, hung around for about 20 minutes and then buggered off again. Yeah, yeah. So I was I was on the server then. Um, I, I, I was basically there since, the you know, when we were just a bunch of guys sat around, you know, in our underwear playing playing it in its infancy um and uh yeah it was really cool to see it grow um i mean i i always find it funny because it's like looking back now i'm a producer that's been in the industry almost seven eight years now and i made so many mistakes like my god some of those things were just like rookie rookie errors yeah but you were only 18 mate you know that's to be understandable Hell of a ride as well, like, my God, it's like rock and roll. It was. Uh, you think back to Daisy, it was kind of uh, groundbreaking in some of the things it did, you know, just the overnight success to take what was a game that was on the downward spiral, Armour 2, um, and then suddenly it was the number one selling game on Steam at the time, I believe. Everyone just trying to jump on the bandwagon of this what the hell is this game? Uh, what, what are we meant to do in its sort of purpose? And then you had, um, you know, Brian come out with um, Survivor Games, which broke records on Twitch using DayZ. It was just, wow, it was just something. Do, do people comment on it when they see it on your resume? Yeah, and they, they, a lot of people are really surprised that actually I was, you know, part of there since since day zero. Um, you know, I, I... For a lot of people that remember those early days, I was one of the faces. But now, like, you know, people look at Brian and, and Dean, who looked after, you know, a lot of the standalone product. Yeah. Um, because I was pretty much rolling off at that point. Um, and and they see that, and then they ask about it, and they're like, hang on, but how come I don't know that? And then I've got to point them to interviews and stuff where we did interviews back in the day um, for the mod. And... And it's a lot of people are really surprised with some of the, the problems that we had to tackle because you're, not even you're kind of like the Ringo Starr of the Beatles. <laughs> everyone knows the uh, the big names, and everyone kind of forgets that Ringo was actually a Beatle as well. So hopefully this gets you a bit of a, a bit more exposure. It might be a bad thing um, with the way some of the people carry on on Twitter about Daisy, but honestly, I, I I don't really mind. Like we used to get death threats back in the day, and it was all kind of a laugh. Um, I remember people. Some some guy posted mail to the actual studio with with uh, my address on at one point, and it was like, ah, "What's the worst that's going to happen? Some fat bloke off the internet's going to turn up and try and murder me." <laughs> like, yeah, we should have taken that more seriously in hindsight. Like, yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. I haven't had a good death threat in a long time. <laughs> oh my god, that's insane. Wow. Yeah, so, but we... Sorry, go on. No, you were going to say? It was, you know, we've done a lot. We did a lot back in the early days that actually, like, you know, we were we were just trying to keep up with the man with the mod. That, you know, it was... We never really thought it was going to be as popular as it was. You know, I think hindsight's twenty twenty, and people see it as a genre-defining, and, you know, it kicked off a lot, you know, the whole survivalism and almost battle royale because uh, PUBG was built off some of the elements that we had in DayZ, you know, about the loot dropping, um, and that came along after DayZ on Armor, um, specifically Armor Three, and you know, it's made a lot of a lot of people on Twitch as well super popular. 
yeah. people made careers out of it, and that's the coolest thing, I think. Well, I was surprised to hear that the uh, even Shroud said the very first game he ever played on Twitch was DayZ. Um, that, that surprised me. It's, it's weird. Like, some of the people that we've ran across um, and now they're just huge. It's, oh, it feels like a different life. It, it definitely yeah. seems like it's one of those games that um, it's going to go down in history as um, you know, just, not just because of the style of game it is, but the things that Daisy achieved. To go from this crazy idea that a Kiwi bloke had when he was on a survival course um, that almost fucked his body to now this massive game that's just... How many years is it in total since the concept was first talked about? So I was looking, and the oldest files I have um, from it was uh, March 2012. So I have some of the earliest yeah. versions of the mod. Um, and uh, so I would say it's probably been about eight and a half years now. Yeah. And this game is you know, it's, it's on the up and up again. Um, I think I saw a comment from someone just before that um, it's, it just recently had its highest peak players since... Um, release um the you know the fanaticism when there was about forty thousand people concurrently um and now it's i think they said i think the comment was twenty nine thousand concurrent players or something which for a game that's eight and a half years old i mean i know technically standalone isn't um but the the whole brand of it and there's still a strong core of people playing it it's 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 amazing and to have been a part of it from the beginning must feel pretty good for you it does, and, you know, there's some things that I miss and there's some things that I don't. Um, you know, there's a lot of stress and, yep. you know, personal relationships strained and such. Um, because, I mean, in hindsight, I have no idea what was happening um, with some of the things. Like, I, there were, as I've said, you know, there's choices that I'd make differently. Um, and and I, I think that it was certainly a defining moment like I, I, I wouldn't be. I'm currently working for Playground on Fable, and I, I never thought I'd be here right now. And yeah. that's thanks to you know, playing games online with a bunch of random people around the world. We're not going to see um, you on a plane to join Dean and Brian over in um, Kiwi Land. Highly unlikely. <laughs> highly unlikely. So um, you've seen Daisy uh, develop across all this time. Um, yeah. Have there been any moments where you just sat there and went, "Oh, I'm glad I'm not part of the team right now." Um, <laughs> I, I wouldn't say that. Um, primarily because I think that, I mean, for me, is I actually quite enjoy the challenge. So the reason that I enjoy my job as a producer in games is that my job is to help people fix problems. So when the more the more fucked up things are, the 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 more fun my job is. Yeah. Um, I think that, you know, when we actually take that original concept of the mod and actually where Daisy is now, those are two very different, like, visions, I think. You know, and actually, there are, there are part of that where I was almost complicit in that. You know, I, I didn't know. In hindsight, we never really charted a clear direction for it. Um, direction for the game. Some to give you an insight into the way that other studios do things, some to speak about my time at Star Citizen, we have key pillars of the game. And 
things would have to deliver against those key pillars. For Daisy, we didn't really have that. It was all kind of winging it about and playing it by ear. So to give you one example, one of the things that we did was quite early on in standalone, people wanted a greater range of weapons because the mod had a very limited set of guns. And that was one of the things that a lot of mods of the mod were adding. And we added more, we added more guns to the standalone. However, the problem we had with that is that you also then needed different ammunition types. So you needed, um, and I'm going from memory here, 556 NATO, 762 NATO, 762 uh, Soviet, which is 762.39, I think, by 39. And you then have to start multiplying the amount of ammunition types you have. And then you've got like 45, 9 mil. And it meant that if you found a gun, you also had to find ammunition that almost, it took it from, oh, I just want a greater range of weaponry to I need a, a far, you know, I need it's far harder for me to have a gun that I want. You were just picking up a gun that you could use. Yeah. Um, and that, responding to that feedback of, I want more guns, we'll give you more guns, sure. But then actually players don't get what they want. Um, and that wasn't supporting, you know, part of the vision. Um, we thought it was at the time because, you know, it was making things a little bit more difficult. Um, but also, you know, when we're looking at the hardcore survivalism aspect and the, you've just got to survive and actually, you know, being able to talk with players, you can't see ammunition on another player. So actually that whole friendly foe aspect that I think, you know, people mostly kill on, last time I played were pretty much just guaranteed to kill on site. Got a question um, in chat. Can you ask um, how things were when Carl Razor 49 came into the mod and what effect it had? So, to be honest, is I I got on well quite well, I think, with, with Carl. Um, I, I felt sorry for him. Um, sorry, I, I don't know what them. the context of this is about. So... To, to give you an idea of who Razor was, uh, Carl was part of the mod team. He joined in, I would say, our second wave of like recruitment. Um, we'd a lot of the original team. There were about six of us in the start, but I'll jump back to that bit in a minute. So Carl joined us about probably six months in, um, I think, to us having started uh, the standalone at Bohemia. And we'd identified that actually we needed, we couldn't support the standalone and the mod because there's only so many hours in a day. So we started to move more of the mod development and mod support off to um, you know, a mod team and volunteers. And because we couldn't give direction to that as well as the standalone, uh, and also we wanted some, some level of insulation is the wrong word, but kind of clear blue water between the standalone and the mod, we needed to pick uh, someone to lead the mod. And Carl uh, Razor, um, was the guy. He was probably the most technologically broad, skilled person in the team at the time. And he was pretty intelligent, you know, he was a smart guy. He had good ideas. Um, and we kind of pushed him into that role of leading the mod, um, which is why I felt sorry for him because he, he reluctantly took it on from, from my memory. Um, and I think he did a really good job. He was, you know, under a lot of stress a lot of the time because he was having to serve both the Daisy community and making sure that, you know, it was within the Daisy vision 
that we had as well. Um, so I, 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 I think that there wasn't, I wouldn't say that he was particularly, like there wasn't any problems. The only thing that we did have that um, we had one situation, which for the, the OG people will remember, and I'll see if I can find you the artwork. There was a thing that we called Camgate. Um, so one of the things we were adding more food items to the mod and one of the artists had mocked up a load of cans and the brand names for all the cans were put, were the mod the the forum mods and myself and Dean. So I can oh I had it a minute ago. I had the uh, they were all so what I'm gonna do is I'm just gonna share with you on my screen. Let me make sure that I Mm-hmm. Streaming channel. Let's see. So, if you can see that, that was the that was one of the items of food um, <laughs> that we created, right? And it, they were all very tongue in cheek, um, and they were all quite rough around the edges. Um, but they also break the fourth wall because anybody that was a huge fan of the mod knew all of the brand names because they were all the forum mods and. I, Dean and I had talked about it and was like, this is risky. You guys should really consider this because, you know, it, it was, it was something that it, yeah, it breaks immersion. Um, even though I find it funny and I actually quite, you know, it didn't bother me personally. It's just something that you just would generally avoid, but they went along with it and we got a huge backlash um, from the community from it. And, you know, there was things like that where we then had to jump in to back them up um, because, yes, it's it's immersive breaking, but also people do far worse things at sea. Um, and it was we were always quite honest with the community. And, you know, that was one of the that was one of the nicest bits that I think Daisy has done. that No other game studio has that I've noticed has is that we were very down to earth and it was basically like if somebody was talking rubbish on the forums, Dean and I would call them out on it. Um, and also we'd admit when we were wrong, we'd, we'd go and say, Hey, we've just screwed up. This is why. Um, and it meant that we, I mean, I felt I had a personal connection with a lot of people. Um, and I still keep in touch with a lot of the guys. Um, and you know, that one of the guys that I'd recommended you speak to was Dr. Big Money. Who's one of our biggest, who was our first event hoster. And I'm still friends with him. I've been to go and see his family and such when he moved to the UK. Mm-hmm. And so as for the, sorry, to get back to the original question, it added some problems, but, you know, he was a good guy um, and it gave us the thing that we needed in the project at the time. One, um, one question I do have for you is, again, um, you yeah, know, watching that interview with Brian and Dean at uh, the PAX Online and you hear Dean talk about Daisy, and you just get this overwhelming feeling that it's left a negative taste in his mouth after all these years. Is that the same for you? Um, I don't hold any. I mean, it's 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 a tough question because I I can't speak to Dean. I I have tangential contact. I still speak to Brian quite regularly um i don't really have direct i'm on dean's like 
staff discord and stuff and i you know it's tangential like contacts but there's yeah. you know I, I don't have a proper chat with him much anymore um and there were times that we i literally lived on his sofa for two months um so i i can't speak to how dean feels now about it for me is i look back on it where i think if i'd been older and wiser i could have made a lot more of the opportunity um and I could have been maybe more assertive for myself, right? And to be purely political, right? As you guys said, you, you had no idea who I was. And if I was being completely self-serving, in hindsight, I could have been the face that you guys had seen, right? Mm. I, I, I got a lot out of Daisy and I got a lot of learnings, mis, you know, mistakes, experience, and things that have set me up to be in a really good place now in life. Um, you know, I find I it quite a... ironic that you said that even people in the industry, when you tell them that you were involved in DayZ, they're like, "What? Hang about? You're not you're not Brian. You're not Dean. Who who are you? Who, who are you trying?" And you have to point back. It's just it's quite bizarre. Uh, it is, and also, I mean, it's it's one of those things of again, hindsight's twenty twenty. I, I look back at it and, you know, it's easy to be bitter and angry about, you know, like, oh, I could have done this, I could have done that. But actually, there's no point beating yourself up about it. I I, I love the concept of Daisy. I, I think that there's still... I still think the space for doing a zombie survival game and making it very much like The Road or <clears throat> almost... I feel like a lot of the zombie games currently have gone more down the the, the route of uh, Zombieland. Yes. I think is a good comparison where you've got you know huge amounts of guns, huge amounts of ammunition, and you miss that personal connection where actually the people and that it's about people banding together with suboptimal resources. Um, and you know you see it now with things like uh, Among Us. Right, Among Us is all about that that meta game of trust and, and discussion. And actually, if you could plug that into a zombie survival game, um, in some way, I think there's you know there's the space there to be the space there still. Um, but I, yeah, I, I I wouldn't say I'm particularly. I don't I don't feel angry about Daisy. Um, I'm quite happy. <laughs> Of course, I'm glad it happened, and I'm, I was a part of it. It's an amazing thing to be part of. Um, I just wish that you know I'd made more of some of the some of the opportunities that had been open to me. But anybody could say that about anything in their past, right? Um, do you yeah. still play Daisy yourself? I don't. Um, I, the last time I played it was, according to Steam, uh, let's have a look. It was tw- September the 13th, 2016. Oh, um, wow. You've missed a lot then. Yeah, I've, I've installed it several times and I've watched some videos of, of newer, newer, um, rel- you know, newer updates, especially when they implemented the new movement mechanics. Um, I think that that was a really good move for the engine. Oh, yeah. Because um, I know a lot of the challenges that we had at the time and things that were a bit ropey. Um, I've seen that, you know, obviously Livonia's come out. Um, again, good step, I think. Um, that was a problem that we always saw um, because Chinaris was something that if anyone had played Armour 2, they'd already played 
the living daylights out of. Um, but the maps take so long to develop. Um, and, and yeah, so I, I've seen updates since then. Um, but I guess for me is the two aspects of the reason that I've not played it. And they're very intentional. One is primarily is I spent four years of my life dedicated to it, um, where I clocked up thousands upon thousands upon hour of hours. And it was the only thing I spoke about. It was the only thing I really thought about. <laughs> And we kind of know it, that feeling. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to our yeah. current world. <laughs> yeah. um, and the other thing is, I also have gotten to the point that after it, after I stopped playing for a year, I was then like, oh, well, actually, me going back to it could be a good platform to do something. Um, like, and this is where I get all misty eyed and such, but you know, a lot of the some of the old streamers that I know. Um, maybe it's worth us raising some money and we can go through and talk about the changes and I can pull up some of the old artwork and be like, this is what it was like six years ago. Um, you know, and actually you do something for charity at the same time. Um, but I think that is very wishful thinking. I, I like that idea though. I think that's a pretty cool idea. You've got a lot of, a lot of Twitch streamers now do a, sort of a charity thing once a month. Yep. You know, and I think I think a lot of them it is literally just a case. Mm. Like for example, uh, Running Man's does a uh, over here is what we call a sober October or a stoptober. He just he doesn't drink any alcohol whatsoever for the entire month of October. Um, you know, and during his streams, then people donate, and that money goes towards a good cause. And I think he chooses a different charity each year for for that specific month. You know, but I think what you're talking about is actually a really good idea as well, because you could team up with someone like that, someone smaller, someone bigger. You know, however you want to go about it, and it it, it adds that unique thing rather than oh, I'm just going to not do this one thing for a few days, not to you know diminish what Paul's done, for example, but. It is something that is different. I think that there, there is a lot of, I think there would be quite a lot of interest in that in, in some ways. Yeah. And it, I, I also like that. I, I think one of the, one of the nicest things is I look back and I see that some of the, you know, some of the tiny guys and, and tiny streamers that really broke, you know, broke into Twitch and broke into making a career out of it. I think that's one of the bits that I'm happiest about. You know, quite a lot of them are paid a lot more than me now, right? And I, I'm really glad that those people have actually taken something that, you know, was just a bit of a hobby and a bit of fun and actually made a career out of it and now work, you know, blooming hard um, to actually keep it going. And now they're, you know, some of them are huge. They are. There are some people who've made massive names for themselves. Ben, you've been pretty quiet. Have you got any questions, mate? I'll tell you why I'm quiet, right? This new light is making me sweat. I'm melting. <laughs> I, can't, I can't concentrate. Um, I was going to ask, what, so what do you think of um, the state of DayZ now, where it is where it is compared to where, where you left it? So I think, it's, I think it's in a better place as a title and as a project. I think it's in a far better place as a project. Um, from what I can see as an outsider, it seems to have a clearer vision and structure around it and actually a clear plan moving forwards and actually, you know, clear creative decisions that are actually driving it towards an end goal. And it's also it's also more professional, it seems like, I, you know, 
I don't see staff members going on the forums, getting drunk and making dev blogs that are just basically memes. Like, <laughs> I, I, I'll, I'll post some videos in the chat, but like some of the original like dev blogs that we did, we just used to get drunk on a Friday um, and just come up with stupid ideas when we were exhausted. And, and it, they were terrible production values, but it was entertaining. Or you know, our Nothing messages changed in the community. You know that's still happening every week. <laughs> <laughs> I was guilty of a large amount of the spelling mistakes because I, I'm terrible at spelling. So I'd I'd write like you know the the patch notes and things or like updates to the community, and then they'd be like, "You spelled update wrong." <laughs> <laughs> it's like, sure, that was intentional. It's a feature. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I think though that as I said before, right, is I think that there are elements where you know that that vision and the that that some of that formalization is also negative in a in a way because um, I think it misses that unique relationship, um, and I also still think that there is a space where actually you could there needs to be an incentive. This is where I talk about the personal connections and the, the encouraging communication between players. Again, from what I've seen and streamers and, and friends that I've spoken to, it's still you still get a very much aggressive play style now, right? And and in the mod, one thing that we you know we noticed is there were quite a few more people that would engage in conversation and they'd be like friendly, and you'd have to do the Q and A and you'd do the friendly dance, and people be like, right, I trust you. Um, and that span off these stories. And I think that you could have, there are, there are, you know, I wish that we'd done more to capture those stories and shout about them. And also I think there's other tools that, that the game could do to encourage players to go down that more collaborative route. And that's, I don't think that's about punishing negative players. I think it's about creating goals that you can't do alone. Um, so that actually you're encouraged to, you know, if you, you find something that actually needs two people to move. So you're you're not encouraged to go in with your friends, yeah. and, you know, have a clan, but actually you find someone along the way. Um, you know, the tool that we used for the mod was the bandit and hero skins, but that was really rough around the edges and was a very blunt tool to fix a very, a very poignant issue. And some people take it was, it was um, pride it, in being a bandit yeah. and... Yeah. yeah, it was it was iconic. <laughs> oh. Sorry, I clicked on the wrong chat. <laughs> I think a lot of people have come full circle. People that have been playing the game for seven or eight years now, they've they've started when there was a lot of interaction. They've then gone through the PvP stage. Now you're seeing a lot of people now wanting to go back to chasing the interaction and what it was like in the old days again. I hope so. We've lost your webcam, by the way. Oh, sorry. I will turn that back on. There we go. Yeah, I, I, I hope that I hope that is the case. Um, I think there's just how can you encourage that? Not just how can you push more people towards that, and not just it be based on social norms? Because you know, otherwise you're just relying on people being good. Um, yeah, it has to be a balance struck. Yeah. 
I'm, I've got a server that I've only just started um, in the last month and a half or so, and pretty much what I'm doing is making loot very scarce. You know, I thought about it and went, well, it's, it's set two years um, after the outbreak um, occurred, so resources are going to be getting pretty scarce. So I'm trying to make everything very fucking hard to find, which encourages people to work together generally or prey on each other. Um, but I'm also pushing for that. Um, yeah, if I find someone uh, in the logs is just killing, 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 I'm going to pull them aside and have a chat with them and say, you know, people are saying they're just being KOS. And when I've looked, it's just you. Why are you just killing them? Why aren't you? Yeah, you know, basically, I put it. I put an ad up on one of the Facebook groups saying I'm looking for people who like to play with their food before they eat it. <laughs> give give something memorable. Make every death a memorable moment for that person. Not just to you, a dead screen, not knowing what happened. Um, they get to hear a voice, even if you just say, sorry, dude, you fucked up, or your gear's mine now. Bang, you're dead. Anything just to break the cycle of if you want to kill people, go play PUBG or um, yeah, any other Milsim um, out there. Um, Daisy, like you sort of say, for me, is a bit more than just run and gun and shoot everyone you see. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. Um, and I just think there's more that we could have done systemically to kind of fix that yeah. and encourage it. Encourage it's something you can try and do, but ultimately players will play You've out they want to play. You've got to leave players to their own free will, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, abs- absolutely. And it's just it's that subtle thing where I'm trying to use an example that is not. Uh, uh, so one example would be in in The Sims. You can be mean to people, and they won't like you. You know there is a negative impact to your actions, but it doesn't stop you, um, and it will hurt your future interactions if you act that way. But if you want to role play that, you can. So it's 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 a negative impact, but it's not a barrier. I guess would be the way to say it. So Hero and Bandit worked for that quite well, then. Yeah, because obviously you could identify a player from what they look like. Yeah, 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 absolutely. But the problem is with that is you also miss if someone is a Bandit skin, you then you there's no subdiffuse or hiding it. There's no. Yeah. You know, you can't have this thing where it's like, yeah, yeah, sure, I'm good. I promise, I'm definitely good. <laughs> um, because people could see that up front. A lot um, of the servers now, Matt, um, are going with, um, you know, once a faction's established itself on that server, the server owner will tell them, okay, you can submit a, a particular uniform, an armband or something like that that identifies you. And then it's up to those players whether they do want to identify themselves. And, you know, I've always <clears throat> admired those who do walk around as the bad guys, proudly wearing their red armbands or skull masks or whatever, uh, because it takes balls to do that. But if they want to be jerks, they can take that gear off and, you know, then at the last second, pop it back on and, sorry, buddy, you are with the bad guys. Um, there, there are people out there doing things, usually more on the... Um, uh, interaction focus servers, um, but even most of the big servers, like Ben, you've got that on yours, don't you? Yeah, yeah, you can easily identify clans on my server by what they're wearing. Um, 
and then at the same time, if they wear something else, you've no idea, so they can be deceiving as well. It's up to them. So I'm going to share some more pictures. This is this is uh, old school stuff here. Um, so stream is still running. Uh, can you see that? Yeah. Yep. Yep. But so when we were still a mod, uh, we actually got invited along to our first convention. And we are still volunteers, uh, and this is Rezd in 2012. So Rezd is a tiny indie game convention ran by Eurogamer. Yeah, yeah, I've been there before. Um, and this was our first presentation. So we didn't spend a penny on this beyond a hotel. And I'd never met Dean before in real life. I met him at Heathrow Airport. Um, the picture of the guy on the right is a mate of mine who's a Welsh welsh bloke and we managed to find an airsoft ak and i did a photo shoot in an abandoned military camp for it um and basically Eurogamer put one of their artists to give us the the, the blood spot on the back backdrop and arrange the logo wow. we got a load of prizes we emailed we we emailed a load of like people cheekily going hey we want this is what we're doing we don't really have any money can you support us Sennheiser gave us some headsets and we had some track IRs as well. Track IR were great supporters. Um, and uh, yeah, this is like old school stuff. So this is literally like the first convention we ever went to. Was that um, you back people... there? Yeah, so that was that was me when I was like 18. Oh my god, like, you look no like a baby. Baby faced yeah. assassin. Yeah. Um Wow! Yeah, see how looks... small Dean looks as well. Like yeah. back then, look how look in that look picture specifically. Look how skinny his arms are. Bulk, bulked up a bit since then. I say, look at him now. He's been on that creatine powder. He's been lifting them heavyweights. <laughs> climbing the mountains. And then we've got our first trip to Real Chinar as well, um, which was by Ivan, who was uh, uh, the map maker who made Chinaris for Armour 2, and that was his work car at the time. Um, but, yeah, we... Uh, you brought that whole convention together on next to nothing, then? Yeah, basically. Um, <laughs> what I'll do is I'll also bring up some of the old... So this is real Chinaris as well, and this was from our first trip there. Um, so you can see, like, a lot of the architecture and a lot of the buildings are... Well, yeah. I mean, you can basically see the resemblance. Um, so, like, there you've got the uh, garage buildings and such. Um, let's see what else we have. Rolling hills and forests and stuff. That's Ivan. He is one of the nicest people I've ever worked with. Like, Ivan would give his left hand for you if he could. Um, he was absolutely lovely. Um, and, uh, yeah, he was... He was always a very enthusiastic guide. He'd be like, oh, we're going to go for a small walk. And you'd be like 25 kilometers later. Oh, is this, is this a small walk? Um, and then we also have Senshi. So Senshi stayed on a little bit longer than I did um, on Daisy. Um, I think he's working somewhere in Germany now. Um, but he worked for, he's a, he was a level designer. And then he moved to Sweden to work for... Uh, a company I can't remember. Um, but yeah, um, so we got these 
that was the new Ivan's new company car, the armor of the wheel. Um, and yeah, you can see like a lot of the villages and things. Um, very reminiscing. So like red gates, my terrible, terrible uh, photography. Um, and the thing is, actually, once you've been into the Czech Republic, like you can just see that all that kind of post-Soviet architecture is, is just the daisy landscape yeah. and bohemian all over. Um, yeah, this I'm embarrassed with some of my pictures. Um, but yeah, um, let's see if we can skip through to any more buildings. There's, there's the church, yeah. one of the small chapels. Um, yeah, the townhouses, which you right get there. as well. You got the yeah. well right there, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and then you've got the hangar in the background. So, like the old barns oh, yeah. and things. Um, the old big red. Yeah. Yeah. Red. Tatty old tractors as well that were static objects. Like, yeah. Um, you can drive them around now. <laughs> yeah. Good old um, expansion. <laughs> Yeah, and um, and you have all this stuff that like it is. It was very much like being in a in the world that we lived in. Oh God, yeah. I also have far less style now. Nothing. <laughs> um, <laughs> it screams Chinaras when you look at it all. Yeah, um, and this this is all from twenty twenty thirteen. But we did we had about three or four trips up there in total. Um, twenty twelve and twenty thirteen. Um, because honestly, any time a little fire station, um, Ivan just loved taking people out there because for him it was a labor of love. Um, and yeah, what's amazing was... now is loads of people from the community make this pilgrimage to go and see this. Yeah, see lots yeah. of people going. I there. know uh, Toprek did quite a popular video, didn't he? Where he did a he did a tour of Chinaras. They went around to Bailey loads of different towns well. that it was based on. Yeah. Um, Mel in chat um, um, saying they um, been to Minseca's area where Matt and Dean started and really the area is Chinaras. So, yeah, Mel is probably one of the old armor guys. I think I actually knew him from the forums before DayZ. He's a, he is a big shout out. He's a old school armor veteran. Like, He's an ambassador um, for armor, isn't he? Oh, that's after I left. I, I would hope so, because he is one of the, the, the guys that I know the long, like, I've known from the forums. Although I've never actually met in person. <laughs> um, yeah. I think, I think um, you've just made Mel's day that you remember him. Well, for me, it's all personal. There's Ivan, happy as Larry. Um, and, and for me, it was about the people, right? It's like, I, I the thing I'm so glad of is that I actually got to engage with the community. You made friends with people, and you know when we were sorry on the forums, we were genuinely sorry because we felt like we disappointed people that we actually cared about. Um, you know, and like we spent weekends going out on these, you know, forced marches <laughs> with Ivan, and and we got to you know go round real Chinaris and things. Um, this must have absolutely blown your mind as an 18-year-old boy, uh, young man, doing this. I, 
honestly, I never thought of it at the time. Like, there were some crazy... Like, when we used to go to conventions and things, uh, halfway around the world, and we were traveling once once every two months, I, something I never really thought about. I was just, you know, it was a mate. I enjoyed it. Um, and I, I, that's the bit that I think that, you know, I look back on and actually, I, you know, I, I wish I'd paid more attention to. Um, but for me, is like, actually... Looking back, I see all these relationships that I have cultured and keep in touch with. And, you know, I don't know Mel, really. Like, I've never met him in real life, but, you know, I follow him on Instagram. I follow him on Twitter. And, and it's, you know, I still keep in touch. And it's like, it's nice to see when he's doing well. And it's those online relationships that I think, you know, they're nice. Um, and, like... You know, now now is I look back and speak to people who's you know who have made it on Twitch, and it's like it's nice to have been a part of their success and their story. Um, so that that yeah, um, I'll see if I've got any more. Any I was more, absolutely uh, loving those. That was even chat were loving it, seeing all those photos, <laughs> and we've seen photos before, but seeing photos from someone who was involved in. Shaping it from the very beginning yeah. is something uh, extra. It's 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 weird. I mean, I, the thing is, like, I've still got a folder here that Dean got me to to I mean, dump off his his camera from uh, from Everest. Uh, uh, and it's you know, it's it's those things where like I was phoning Dean on his satellite phone every every other day to give him status updates while he was away on the mountain. Um, and it's weird. Like, I would net, you know, that's just not something we would do. I would do now working, you know, for, for, for a big company like that. That's, that's, that wouldn't occur. Someone would go on holiday and you don't call them. Um, Mel saying but, in chat, uh, BI had no Armour 3 community manager, and Matt Dwarden, Joris Jan, and Croniel did most of the interactions with the growing community at that time. Yeah, um, yeah, and, um, you know, we got we got to keep in touch. Like, this, I was looking back at some of the non-disclosures and things that we had, we had for the mod, and, like, you know, for those of you that were big Armour fans, there were people like Sick Boy, um, who used to do a... Um, used to help distribute it, and you know there was like old school people that did a lot of work for us and a lot, a lot of help. The company multiplayer at the time was super supportive; they gave us a load of service for free. Um, and it was those things where essentially we were just hustling it every day. Of we need more servers, how are we going to get them today? And it's like beg, beg, borrow, steal, um, or promise. <laughs> And and it was just trying to keep up with that demand. Um, and and yeah, I for me as I like the community and being able to interact with them because you know you were able to actually see the enjoyment they were having out of something that we'd made. Yeah. Interesting that like some mods that come out and things like that now they get roasted for not being done made professionally and everything else, and yet Daisy seems to have. Come from the roots of yeah, yeah, just like everything else, sort of thrown together. Yeah, and you know, it's one of those things of like we were brutally honest. People used to complain about it being unprofessional all the time, and and it was like, well, I'm a human. 
I, I think that, you know, people put this veneer over themselves of, you know, you've got to have shiny white teeth. You, you always need to have the best ideas. And if you muck up in the slightest, it's awful. I feel sorry. For those of you that are British in the chat, you will all remember quite recently the UK has screwed up its statistics about corona because some poor sod was ignoring an error message on an Excel table because it had maxed out the imports. That is obviously one bloke that has been that screwed up one day and then been like, bugger. <laughs> um, and like, you know what is, yes, it's awful that we're missing a load of statistics, but people are human. We're all human. We're all going to screw up. And actually coming out and saying we screwed up, we're sorry. I think if you do that humbly and honestly, like how can anyone ever hold that against you? Like we're imperfect. Yeah, you, you know that bloke's working in Lidl by the end of the week, though. You know his job's not there anymore. <laughs> yeah. He's not at it. Yeah, and you know it. I feel sorry for him because, like, again, is you know we screwed up a lot in the old days, and that the community gave us a long leash and a very long line of credit for saying sorry. Um, but also, it was all we always used to describe it as it was like an episode of Coronation Street. You never really knew what was going to happen next, and everyone was in 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 in, in on the ride with us. Um, you know, because we would we would post to the forums late at night and stuff, and we would respond to people. Um, and yeah, it was it was good fun along the way. Sounds like the way you did things. Sorry, then, mate. I was going to say, it sounds like the way you did things was it, that personal bit is how you've built the community that's still sort of going now. Because the community is the, the biggest part of DayZ now, for sure. And even like when standalone team now, when they make a little, just a touch of personality to a tweet they make or anything else, you know, we still love it. Um, shows that you're all still there and you're all still human, like. Yeah. And. <laughs> Because that's the thing is like, you know, I would much rather hear from a person than, you know, PR bot 1.0. Yes. Um, yes. I think that's the issue we're facing now with the with the Daisy Twitter. I mean, we've got a little segment on uh, on this podcast called Daisy Twitter Watch, where we will literally just pull up like a couple of tweets from the last week or so that have come from the Daisy official Daisy Twitter account and just have a laugh at them and, you know, sort of be like, oh, that was a really good response by the person who's, you know, in charge of that, that, you know, responded to someone just being a knob end you know and it's unfortunately you know we don't we haven't been able to really do that that segment much at the moment because we've kind of gone back to that that old way we were really spoiled having someone like Jakub as the as the community manager taking over the twitter but now we seem to have sort of slipped back into that it's literally like you say it it's pr bot number one answering and saying look we're doing this we're doing that and that's it. There is no sort of personalized thing anymore. Yeah. And I'll be honest, you know, sometimes it's good to have some level of professionalism. Mm, yeah. I, one of the times I got told off was when Ivan and Martin were arrested in Greece. <laughs> um, so I'll, I'll, for those of you that don't know, Ivan and Martin were two of our level designers on Armour 3. And they had traveled to the island of Lemnos, um, which is roughly what the Armour 3 map was based off, and they were arrested by the Greek police on trumped-up charges. Um, I also have no idea. My NDA definitely still applies, so I'm, there are elements that I'll leave out, but 
they were arrested on trumped up charges and they were imprisoned for six months. Um, wow. I think was it three or six months um, by the Greek government, and they were in big boy prison. Um, so they were there with murderers because they were charged with espionage. Um, which it's crazy that that would happen in what I would class as you know a developed nation. Mm. Um, you know. What annoys me more is the Greek military buys F-16s off the US, and you can go to a US military base on their open day and sit in the cockpit of an F-16, and it's not the export version, which is what the Greeks have. They've not got anything special, because they can't afford it. But when, when they're arresting Greece, obviously everyone was very upset, and I decided that my way of responding to this would be to loudly say, um, well, if the Greek military, you know, because they'd claimed that they'd take, taken pictures of a, of, of a military installation, which sometimes people are arrested of in Greece because they are still quite tense with Turkey. And I'd said, well, how much does it cost for a, you know, a bit of fencing, you know, a bit of tin fence? Like, it's not expensive. Um, and I posted a, a meme that I will try and find that is... Um, we love that it. Was, that basically mocked the Greek government's fiscal responsibility and someone took issue with it um, and basically had said on the forums that they deserve to be arrested, which I fundamentally disagreed with and I kept going. And I should have stopped punching about six six posts before. Um, Hindsight's a wonderful thing, isn't it? Yeah, but I was also damn right. They were imprisoned wrongly and, you know, at the time, like, you know, these guys, you know, these guys were nice people. They didn't deserve it. Um, they are obviously not spies. Um, there was the meme I had posted, um, which is solid. Um, but the, the, this guy was very upset and had obviously complained to, to quite a few people. Um, and I was told that I needed to be very careful. Um, with what I, what I posted because I wasn't I was I was offending a large amount of people, um, which is true. But you know, it's times like that that actually someone slightly more professional than myself could have been you know better in that situation. But I had someone that I would class as a quite a close friend um, that was in a very precocious situation, precarious situation in prison. Yeah. Um, thankfully, they have long since been released, and as far as I'm aware, they've not they're not being impacted by it. Um, so they're just pretty... taking pictures of military installations for like to do with armor or something like that. No, or... they were on holiday. Um, oh, just on holiday, right? Right. They, those two had gone on holiday to the island that they'd you know take. So when you create a map, you can use satellite data, um, and as I believe, the data was open. You know, it wasn't. It was. They probably bought it off a company. Um, it wasn't classified or anything like that. And apparently they were just taking holiday pictures. And um, the I never saw any evidence against them. They were released, which means that, you know, the charges weren't there. But they were in prison for six months. I feel like if this was the U.S. and someone had been in prison <laughs> wrongfully in six months, there's a huge lawsuit there. Um, yeah, yeah. But it, it was, yeah, it was truly outrageous. And I... I, I, yeah, I, I just feel so, so sorry for for Ivan and Martin at the time. Like, 
and because there were protests and things in in the Czech Republic against the Greek government. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a wild time. Um, yeah, that's insane. Sorry, I went down that high horse. No, 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 no develop no. stories. <laughs> no, that, that's that's absolutely amazing. Uh, so yeah, someone has posted the Polygon article. Um, yeah, um, of it because um, it, it yeah it was outrageous. Um, yeah, so so uh, yeah, I think the personal connection overall though is good um, in, in games, but you can't really have that with big studios. It's it's more indie developers that can can do that. Yeah. Any other interesting stories you reckon we would love? Oh God, there's thousands, <laughs> thousands upon thousands. Um, I think. Give us, okay, Brian um, is the one who dubbed you in for doing this. Give us one on Brian. So I lived with Brian for twelve months. <laughs> um, Plenty of uh, dirt to spread. Then I mean, like, so we, you have to tell us about the poo he took that the workman saw him. Um, <laughs> So I'll tell you that one, and then I'll throw myself under the bus. Um, so we we shared an apartment. It was a it was a two bedroom, but one Brian and and Tash's uh, room was in like a mezzanine um, above our living room, um, and they had a bathroom beneath them, and it had this stained glass window that you could pretty much look through, and. We also, then there was, on the, the other side of the apartment, there was, like, my bedroom that was against one of the walls, and I looked out over the back. And I used to leave my door open because I didn't really care. But you had the bathroom the bathroom on the side, and there was a little window, and the window looked out onto the roof as well. And Brian used my bathroom because Tash was in his, the, the other bathroom. And he'd, he had, I believe left the window open because we used to leave it open for ventilation and a a builder on the opposite roof had seen him in in full glory <laughs> <laughs> and now yourself you're going to throw yourself under the bus you said so, <laughs> so this one uh i actually i uh, i i met a girl on youtube when i was a teenager she lived in Iowa in the united states and we kept in touch for years. And eventually, the first time I ever met her was when I was like 19. And I flew over to, sorry, first time I met her, I was 20, because it's my 20th birthday. It was the first day I met her. And we went out into London. Anyway, the first time she came over to visit me in Prague, she was studying in London at the time. Uh, I decided that I was going to be super romantic. So. We'd gotten back to, to, to the shared apartment that I shared with Brian, and then we went out to go and get a drink. And I texted Brian when we'd left, and he 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 lit candles around my uh, candles around the apartment and sprinkled rose petals. Oh my god! Um, and he had spelled out a love heart on my bed. Oh my god! With rose man. petals, um, <laughs> it was a solid solid. Uh, flatmate move there um yeah and then there was obviously yeah we also we broke into a commando proof uh 
a commando-proof bunker in the Czech Republic. Um, I have pictures of that. Um, Brian and I did. Let me find that folder. I had it a minute ago. Because um, we used to go on adventures and get horrendously drunk because Brian could drink ten times more whiskey than I ever could. Um, so this is a surface-to-air missile base um, just outside the Mishek studio. Um, and it was affectionately the uh, first defense wave. Uh, so during the Soviet, during the Cold War, the Soviets had a large amount of surface missile batteries basically to shoot down the first wave of American fighters and bombers. Um, so these bunkers aren't that deep because they were going to get the absolute daylight blown out of them. Um, but Brian and I went on an adventure there with uh, Cuban cigars. Um, <laughs> And uh, they have a really weird thing because they're in the middle of the forest. The mm-hmm. yeah, the uh, the platforms are raised above the trees so that the the radar trucks would drive up onto the top so they could get uh, radar coverage of the incoming fighters. Um, they could get locks for the missiles, and then the missiles would fire up from the trees. Um, I don't know whether I've actually got a picture of the. Uh, yeah, so the, the trucks would sit in the middle there and the radar would protrude above the top. Um, but, uh, yeah, Jeez, we... It's tizzy in real life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so... Yeah, and the trucks would park up in these bunkers beneath. Um, snow pitch to the launch. So the launchers actually come out. So the launchers would be stored in these bunkers and you can see that like little platform there. Um there's train lines up next to it, and they would just roll out, fire the missile on the radar locks, and uh, then everybody in the bunker would have the living daylights blown out of them as the B-52s came over. Um, but yeah, um, so we did a lot of that sort of stuff as well, and uh, I introduced Brian to some of the expat bars as well. Um, uh, yeah, what other good Brian stories do I have? Um, the more embarrassing, the better. So this is another one uh, that I'm not not proud of. Um, Brian woke me up when I had a I had a horrendous horrendous hangover. I'd been out till like six in the morning, and he woke me up at eight and was like, "Matt, we're going to go to Poland for the day if you want to." And I I, I didn't go with him. Um, and I found out later that day I'd. He he'd gone to uh, go go around Auschwitz, and I was like, "Oh, that would have been that would have been the worst thing to do with a hangover. I would have felt so guilty." Um, it's a hell of a trip to take. I've done I've done that trip myself about eleven years ago, and yeah, I can't imagine doing that on a hangover. That would be a terrible idea. Yeah, um, but it's yeah, heavy like, enough. It's heavy enough doing something like that when you're stone cold sober. But doing it on a hangover is, yeah, I wouldn't, I would never, I would never advise that. And we used to go to, Brian and I used to have little mandates to a Czech forest pub uh, where they only spoke Czech. We didn't understand them. Um, And we've actually been, uh, so the last time I saw Brian was Christmas last year. um, And it was in the Czech Republic when he was on his honeymoon. And uh, we went out to the little Czech forest uh, in the middle of the woods. 
I'll, I'll find the picture because it was a, it was cute because we still had no idea what we were going to order. Um, we would just go in and try and bumble our way into getting some food, and then we'd eat whatever we got because it was always delicious because it was cooked by a family. Hmm. Um, but yeah, it was it was great. Um, I'll, I'll find that now. But yeah, Brian and I had a quite a good time together. Um, well, we're already getting people in chat. Uh, Scale Speeder just said it that we need to get you back again. There we go. Yeah, that's our little check check luncheon. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Ooh, um, what if we could reunite a load of the team for a cast one day? Yeah. Could get Brian and everybody in. Yeah, I'm trying to think who else because. So when we first started, there were six of us um, on the mod team. And uh, to be honest, is Dean will be the only person you'll know. But there was Chad, uh, Chad, Yannick, uh, Trent, uh, myself. And then I think it was Arden. That's where the, those are the six of us that originally used to tech. Oh, sorry, no, Joel was the sixth. Joel. Joel works with Dean as well as a programmer, and Joel is one of the best people as well. He's a Singaporean guy that used to play armor with us, um, but such a such a nice not nice dude. Um, and and that was the original six of us behind the mod. Um, and it's it's weird to think that like it all started with that, and now there's millions upon millions of people that have played it. Um, Did it blow your mind the amount of um, copies of standalone that got sold on launch? It did, especially on 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 release, and it was it was amazing to kind of see that the release on release date, everyone was able to get into a server. Um, no, Jan Jan Tomasic was on standalone. He actually joined quite late in the standalone project, um, but he was one of the uh, designers when we released standalone. Um, for me, is it was amazing to see how many we sold, but I also don't directly profit from anything. Like I wish I had that Daisy Lambo money, but um, <laughs> I, I didn't get any royalties. Um, oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, even just looking back, like we did stupid stuff. Like the first convention we went to with Bohemia was Gamescom in. Uh, I think that was 2013, and we decided it'd be a really funny thing to see, like if people would bring cans. So we put on Twitter, it's like, bring your cans, and we'll take a picture, and we'll, we'll you know, we'll give them away to some, some, you know, good cause. We had mountains of cans, like mountains upon mountains, um, to the point where actually we nowhere would accept them. We had wow. too much, um, and eventually we bribed one of the local community members to fill their car with cans to take to a homeless shelter the next day because it was a bank holiday. Um, so they'd actually accept them all. Um, but we got hundreds. Um, and it was, it's, you know, it's really cool to see that sort of stuff um, where, you know, we actually did some good with the platform that we had. Um... You did a lot yeah. of good, mate. You've made a game that has touched a lot of people. Um, and, yeah, the community can be a bit um, 
prickly at times, for want of a better way to put it. But overall, it's an amazing community to be a part of. And to hear stories like this just adds to um, love of the, the game as a whole. I also have one thing that I was I found when I was after we'd spoken is this is the original the original bag that the uh standalone uh, blue bag was based no. on. And wow. The ol- the only difference is uh there is a an extra catch on there. Um because uh when we were talking about like things to base stuff on and we were looking at bags, um <laughs> I used to wear that bag all the time, and and uh, and uh, Ivan was the guy that was kind of guiding that art side at the time. Um, and he was like, "Oh, we'll get your bag in the game." Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so I've I've still got the original bag that was uh, the first bag we added to Standalone. Well, if you ever get desperate, mate, it's um, now got the um, uh, what do they call it? The Providence. Um, just get it up on eBay, know, and eh? um, we'll advertise it um, for you as well, mate. You probably get a couple of grand for it from a hardcore Daisy fan like Ben. Oh, easily you can do something for charity with that. Easy. <laughs> Did the project uh, lead to a good career opportunity for you? Well, you you said before you're now working on Fable. Yeah, so I'm. It did. It did in some ways. I could have made myself more out of it, but um, you know, for me, so I moved from Daisy to Armor Three, and you know, I was part of the team on Armor Three that we gave half a million euros back to the community in prize money as part of Make Armor Not War, which was kind of a nice full circle because um, we got to reward the people in in, our, in the Armor community that actually, you know. Led, led to it um and and then i i moved from armor three to star citizen um what was, and I was like a, you know, oh it was it was a fun challenge i and the projects moved throughout and it was my first big experience so bohemia is pretty much made up of guys that haven't really worked at other game studios because the czech republic doesn't really have game studios um so there's a few people that have some experience but not people that have big studio experience like um and so bohemia is made up of a lot of modders and there's a very family culture and it's you know very quite informal um you know and like we could get away with shenanigans in the office um (laughs) here's another brian story for you and this one he might not like me for telling you so we had a chocolate cupboard in the office this was just before I left and the chocolate cupboard was like you would, there was a spreadsheet with everyone in the office and you would mark down what you'd eaten and then you'd get a bill for it. Um, and basically Brian was always at other offices. So never paid his bill because he never got collared by the admin staff. To one point that he, he, the, the person on the front desk, um, I can't remember her name. Uh, she left him a note on his monitor. And we'd piled everything on, like, rubbish and stuff onto his desk. And we'd, like, tinfoiled his desk. I've got a picture of it somewhere. Um, or oh, is that on my tablet? Because um, uh, <laughs> it was stuff we could get away with. Um, 
And like we used to put like Hasselhoff as people's backgrounds and things. You can't do that in a semi-professional work environment. Um, but when I joined CIG, we had a lot more people in a lot more studios. Um, and pretty much everyone had worked at a very formal work environment before. So I worked very closely with like Chris, the project lead, Chris Roberts. Um, and Chris was quite, you know, he's a demanding lead. He's got a very strong vision. Um, Todd, um, who was our creative director, essentially, and, and now one of the game directors, I think. And those guys, Todd was the guy, the, you know, the God of War guy. He was the main face of God of War for years. And Todd had all that experience that I could learn from. Um, and it was this wider range of, of skills. We also had a lot more money on the line. So when we came to demos, we couldn't just do a daisy and wing it on the plane um, and kind of get up and be like, this is what we've put together in four hour, you know, in a four hour international flight. Um, we actually needed to plan it months in advance. Um, and it, there's challenges with far bigger teams. Um, and I also made a lot, there's a, a lot wider production team there as well. Um, at On daisy, there was myself and Brian. And we weren't really the traditional sense of producers, really. Um, we did some elements of production, but there was a lot more management there um, than there would be on other projects uh, and picking up the bits that other members of the team didn't have. Um, I did a lot of the localization for standalone, um, of copying, pasting it on the online tool and things. Um, and then, yeah, CIG was a far more formal atmosphere that gave me a broader range of experience from Daisy. Um, and then, yeah, I was at CIG for four or five years, and now I'm at uh, and I'm at Playground working on working on Fable, which is weird because that was one of the games I played as a kid. Like it's it set me up well um, with a good experience, and you know, some people just simply don't believe some of the stories that we got into. Um, you know, when we were when we joined Bohemia and we were going to conventions and. You know, we're sat around the table with the head of Wargaming. So the guy who owns the company for World of Tanks, we were sat at a party with, with his COO and the, the band LMFAO are playing on the stage, sorry for party rocking. And I'm like, what is my life? Like, this is crazy. Yeah. Um, and, and it's, yeah, it's, it's, it did set me up well. Um, you know, absolutely could have done better and taken more from the experience, but I, I, I think I did quite well out of it. Um, and, you know, I live and quite a, comfortably now. Any a bit of research on old who can capitalise on something they kind of fell into um, is probably the, the one percenter. Uh, the majority of us would be just like, what the fuck is going on? Um, okay, I'm just going to roll with uh, whatever's happening around me and try not to um, trip up and make myself look silly. Yeah. yeah. Right. We've got a number of other topics to talk about tonight, Matt. Um, we've definitely got to look at getting you back on um, in the future, mate, because you've got some absolutely amazing bloody stories there. Um, but we'll jump to the first topic of the night, um, which is kind of um, uh, what we were talking about with Mel. Now, Armour has, um, and it's probably a good one to get your input in um, on, Matt, Armour has the Ambassador Program. Um, 
which Mel is one of. And I um, actually put up a poll, and it was I think it was in the end about 66% um, of people said, yes, they like the idea. The rest said no. But I've always felt that Daisy could benefit from some ambassadors as well, especially now with the game going through a new revival of sorts. There's a lot of misinformation out there from people who played it years ago. They're coming back. They don't understand the... Um, changes the game has made um, and they're getting confused by it even down to like what you were saying about how daisy kind of went more pvp focused but there's a growing you know as as brim's been playing on my server and probably other ones as well there's a growing resurgence ben who hosts one of the biggest um, uh, uk pvp raid focused communities is also looking at doing a more interaction focused one well how do you think that would go you know having an ambassador program so I think the problem with identifying ambassadors is that you put those people on a platform and you're essentially then condoning everything they do. Yeah. And, you know, and, and again, people don't look at it and give others the benefit of the doubt. Um, I'll, I'll give, you, give you the example. So early in standalone development, one of the ways we got player feedback and rapid iteration on some of the builds was I had a Skype group that had 100 to 120 people in that we had handpicked every single one of them. And it was to get a broad, a broad array of different types of player from different regions so that we always had people playing the game um, and our test builds and we would get rapid feedback. And because I knew them personally, um, I knew what their biases were. And the problem with some of those people is there was a lovely, lovely Russian guy, Mikhail. Uh, I can't remember his, his, I can't remember his pseudonym that he used to use. And he was a really nice guy when you actually got speaking to him. But sometimes he would come out with stuff that was probably appropriate in a Russian environment, but <laughs> not appropriate for a Western audience. And I knew that he didn't intend any malice by it. But he 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 didn't have that context and that that you know that that wider appreciation of how people might interpret it. And I would say that he was probably one of our biggest influencers in the Russian market. Right? Is he had a huge following? Um, he used to really, really, really help us sell things and explain stuff. He made guide after guide for people. And at the time, he was really well respected by Russians. Um, but if I turned around and said, well, Mikhail's our, our Russian ambassador. If he turned around and said something that was a little bit, you know, it could be misconstrued by somebody that wasn't from that environment. We've then put him on a platform. Yep. So I think that's the challenge. Um, I think that there are obviously there's people that you can do that with, um, but it's a you know it's a risky move. Whereas actually, if what you do, and I, I think it's better to have an informal approach to it, especially with a game like Daisy, where you get a lot of diverse opinions. I think with Army, you've got a very unified community, and everyone's pushing in generally the same direction. But where you've got a divisive community and community that can be at loggerheads fundamentally with some of the design concepts, actually kind of informally supporting that. So you're not putting them on a platform, but if they want to do something, we always used to, 
I will use the example of one back when we were on uh, quite early in standalone. Uh, there was someone uh, that let me. I'll find her Twitter in and shill her um, because she's actually a lovely person. Um, we had somebody that came onto the forums and made an absolute stonking post. Um, and it was it was simply it was just we just, it was very thought out and very considerate and actually it was a brilliant idea for a story and one of the forum mods had stuck it in like our secret developer chat um, so all like myself Dean and all of the forum moderators went to her profile to see like what else has she been posting like is is she part of a community and actually. At the time on the forums, you could see who viewed your profile, like it told you. And all you had was forum mod, forum mod, forum mod, Matt, forum mod, forum mod, Dean. And it, she, she sent me a message on the forums. It was like, have I done something wrong? And it was like, no, no, no. Someone pinged us this idea. And actually, we think it's really, really good. Um, and, you know, we'd really like to support you. At the time, she was at university and she wanted to get into writing for games magazines. And she was doing, like, one of these dodgy American internships where she was, like, writing for free yep. um, for some tiny little outlet. So we thought, hey, we can give you an exclusive interview for your tiny little outlet, and then we will refuse to do any interviews on this topic. So all the big magazines have to repost your stuff. Um, Love it. Uh, uh, um, well, we did that. And actually, it got her it got her a ton of exposure, and then she eventually decided that's not the path she wants to pursue in life, but it was those sorts of things where like you could find the people that you want you know that kind of share share our view for the project and are good people, and you give them opportunities to be able to push that forward and support them, but you're not actively putting them on a platform and saying, "We support everything they do." Yeah. You're just supporting them actually getting bigger. Look at the, um, like the problem uh, Twitch had with the uh, safety committee or whatever. Um, you know, they um, had um, uh, one person in particular on the safety committee who was making some very um, controversial statements and immediately that reflected back on Twitch, even though they weren't employees, they were just advisors. So I definitely see your point there that it could be an issue. What would you say, Ben? No, yeah, I agree with you. Um, I think, I think um, as well. I think if 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 somebody was to become an ambassador, like you'd probably start having to put legal requirements on them, like NDAs and things like that, possibly as well. Um, so I think I think what Matt's saying is a, a greater a greater way of doing things. I think Daisy did it a little bit recently when they've started um, retweeting um, people that are live on Daisy trying to report. You know, promote the streams, um, and all them streams are. You know, all those people have difference of opinions on Daisy, but they're all promoting it. So, yeah, yeah, and that's the thing is like we did a lot of time on Twitch where we would jump into people like some of the streamers' Twitch chats, and we just answer questions about development, and it meant that those those tiny little guys would get, you know, girls would get tons of views because the developers were in the chat. So they'd yeah. go from like three or four viewers to hundreds because we were active there. 
And what did it cost us? It cost us bugger all. Yeah, so it's same like now a simple retweet they could do and that, that person could have, you know, 100 extra people in their stream. It's great yeah. for them and it's cost Daisy nothing. Yeah. I think we've we've been saying for a long time, haven't we, that at the end of the day, streamers, YouTubers, any sort of content creators are the greatest advertising force for any video game, especially when you look at, you know, much smaller games like DayZ. I mean, I don't think it matters quite as much for a lot of the bigger AAA titles. I'm sure Call of Duty do very well out of guys like Tim the Tapman, Dr. Disrespect, and, you know, insert name of big streamer here. But when you've got a smaller company, a smaller game like DayZ and a smaller community like this, I think, you know, I think it is a good idea to get the, the community involved somehow. Does this make Prime sense to you, with, um, um, Matt? DayZ needs Dustin Huxback. So I, I never worked directly with Dustin. Uh, I knew Dustin through Survivor Games because I did some bits with Survivor Games when Brian was part of that that team because um, we used to play games with him. Um, but I never directly worked with Dustin or was or I, I don't really know him that well, if I'm honest. From what I saw from when he was he was uh, kind of he was very down to earth with people um, and he seemed like a nice guy. So. I would say it would be good to have someone like that in a role like that. And Mel saying, I guess, for the I, record, I have no official written ambassador status with BI, contract or NDA. I don't know what their. I, I don't know what the ambassador program is for Armor Three. If I'm honest, you look at uh, Mel's profile and it says there um, uh, Armor Three ambassador on his Twitter profile. Um, so it's you know something, yeah. Mel's the only person I've ever seen with it on their profile. I think it's a very good idea uh, in in its sort of purest form. I think the idea of having ambassadors that can, you know, sort of reply on Twitter to people saying, oh, but I, you know, this didn't work. And you say, well, actually, it's because you did this wrong and it's not a game issue. It's a person issue, so to speak. I think it's a, I think it's a good idea, but I think the difficulty would be choosing the type of people for those. Me and mine, I think. Me and mine. Are, well, that, we, <laughs> exactly. That's that's exactly no my point. No controversy at all there. No, exactly. That's my exact point. Is that you know <laughs> that they would go through and look at Twitch streamers like Minder, like Erno, like Running Man, and be like, right, you guys, you know, you're the sort of the top dogs, so to speak. You know a lot about this. You've got you know tens of thousands of hours. You'd be perfect for this. You know, they would immediately jump at that opportunity. But See, then you I know actually, it would be a ball ache. I actually don't think content creators should be picked because it can add the. Um, and I'll be interested in your opinion on this, Matt. But my fear there would be that people would accuse them of favoritism. I think it's better off with people who are, and there are so many. You know, look, look at say we'll use Dumpgra as an example. How much he knows about being involved. You know, Ben, I would have said you, but you're streaming now. Um, yeah, I, I think it's better to be people who are not the spotlight content creators because then, you know, people will turn around and say, uh, oh, the only reason, you know, Bohemia picked the running man is because he's so big and all the rest of it. What about giving the little guys a chance? What, what are your thoughts on that, Matt? You'll have to give me 60 seconds because I need to nip to the bathroom. I apologise. Yeah. I've got the bladder of a small child and not just the appearance of one. So I'll be back in one minute and then I'll happily answer that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I agree, though. I think I think, I think think it would be a mistake to choose um, 
you know, to choose large streamers. Like you say, guys like Dumpgra would be absolutely, in my opinion, perfect for that type of role. Because like you say, he knows what he doesn't know isn't worth knowing generally, you know, so he would be a perfect candidate for that. But you just know that they would immediately go, right, let's grab some big content creators and, you know, decent streamers. And all of a sudden, next thing you know, two days later, Minders tweeted some stupid shit we're back at square one and now suddenly it's all gone Pete Tong again. And, you know, and, the, and, and suddenly that, that very new, very positive thing has become, you know, has, has been tainted suddenly. So it's, I think it would be a shit idea to give content creators, but, but instead, like you say, give guys like dump that, that opportunity. And, you know, especially if it is going to be mostly sort of like going on Twitter and replying to people and things like that. See, Ben, um, I uh, see someone in uh, chat there has said um, it'd be modders would be great for it. And I'm kind of inclined to agree. Like from when I did the uh, spotlight on the expansion mod, um, there was so much hate coming at the dev team back then, if you remember, um, that you know, the expansion mod was going to bring back DayZ and all the rest of it. Yet when I interviewed them, pretty much all of them, and even Dewan, who's not part of the um, expansion team, um, yeah, he's got his own incredible stuff that he's working on. But the comment that he has said is that none of that would have been possible if it hadn't have been for the amazing work that Adam and the team are doing on the, the core game itself. Yeah. So I can jump back to your question. So from what I can understand, the question was, do you think that actually we should support content creators or and put them on our platform? Um, or actually, is it better to kind of take a neutral standpoint and step back away from that? Was that More, roughly the uh, question? At, well, we're, we're, uh, people in chat have been talking about modders would be fantastic people because they have a more technical understanding of the game. I think it's both, right? It's fundamentally most of the people that play the game aren't going to be modders. They're going to be, you know, I say... I was a student that when we used to play 12 Hours of Armor, um, this is an embarrassing. So we used to play 12 Hours of Armor, and we used to, used to track your progress. So in the campaign, we would land on a beach, and we'd have to keep flying in supplies. So we would not move from our places. We were just constantly flying in supplies. So there was a, there was a member of those six people that was the original team on Daisy that did once urinate in a Coke bottle so that they could keep flying logistic supply runs. And I will leave them nameless because um, he'd we'll, probably sue me. We'll, we'll just um, assume it was um, Dean Hall then. I will remain nameless. <laughs> uh, they will remain nameless. Um, but yeah, and I think that actually, yes, it's good to have some of the modders in there and put them on a platform and say they're doing great work. Look at them. Um, but it's also you need to look at some of your your content creators, the guys making videos, you know, the people that are actually playing the game as well. You know, and now actually, as we're seeing more and of more more and more of a focus on diversity and inclusivity and making sure that people play games. I remember on Star Citizen there was a guy that used to dogfight because he had a birth defect. He used to fly dual joysticks with his feet. I don't know how he made that possible, but that was wow. freaking amazing. And actually, if we put him on a platform and been like, 
look at this dude, he's amazing, right? Is and point to him and and rather than make him an ambassador, you're saying, you know, we support this, right? We want our game to be played by everyone, you know? Um, and actually, we want to help people be able to play it and make them feel immersed, you know? One of the biggest barriers to inclusivity and diversity in games is that people can't play the character that they feel embodies themselves, right? I know this is four white middle-aged men talking about this, right? But put yourself in the shoes of, you know, somebody that... Um, it's from a different ethnic background. If you can't pick a character that looks like you, it's harder to imagine yourself in that game. I don't want to pick right? a character that looks like me. I don't want no busted ass, holding, fat, broken. <laughs> I want some young, rippled, muscled. <laughs> I don't care whether they're black, white, purple, pink, whatever, yellow. I just I don't want to pick me. <laughs> yeah, it, it, exactly. And we all agree. <laughs> exactly but, <laughs> but actually if you can take in a broad range of people and you know as developers you support them to do whatever they're doing well um you know even if that's jumping in the chat of someone that's got a million viewers or someone that's got five i mean we used to we used to do it for smaller smaller guys because with the way that we figured it was actually the bigger guys <laughs> bigger guys had already kind of made it they didn't need our help right um and the smaller people that needed a leg up and they just needed a break, we could help give them that, right? So actually, us jumping in there, answering a few questions might give them that break that they needed. Um, and it was it was also nice to kind of, I think it also made us seem more approachable as well. It definitely um, did. It's 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 been wonderful, even in the past when you know um, we've had periods where. They've been great. You know, Batty um, was one. Uh, Yakub was another one. Um, even Esmos, Esmos. Um, yeah. was fantastic as well. You know, I know he did that lovely video with you guys, Ben, when you had all the tents on the road between Electro and um, uh, Kami Shovo and just, yeah, it, it's it's fantastic yeah. when the, the team is interacting with the community. Uh, we've had a few people mentioned there for who'd be great ambassadors. Helkiana, I, I would definitely have to agree with that as well. Helkiana is yeah. absolutely fantastic. Um, another model of the Daisy community. I think Hel- so many people we'd have recommend and, and know would be good people. I think it's super hard for Bohemia or, or Daisy in particular to pick somebody for the reasons that Matt's been saying. It's there's so many different play styles and opinions and everything else it'd be super hard to vet people and and find people that you know can be you know impartial about things and stuff like that i think it'd be yeah. really difficult i think the better off is to just keep going down the route of in, encouraging and enabling people to grow themselves and and advertise the game that way yeah, I, th- I I agree with Ben. I think having having a community manager in place like they did with Jakub and various others over the years, such as Batty and, and everyone else that, that actually used the Twitter and actually used the Reddit and used various different things like that to actually, you know, to actually, in- like, like Ben said, in- you know, engage with the community, share out, tweet out, retweet that people are going live, help help the community grow rather than just saying, right, these five people who have been streaming for a couple of years are now going to tell you what's what, I think I think there would be a bit more pushback from the community in that situation, you know, rather than, like you say, having the, the, the community manager actually be a bit more involved with things. Could put a lot of pressure on the, the ambassador to yeah. change yeah. and not be 
we would normally be in the community. Now we've got so, the uh, next topic, um, which is the CF Tools community um, attack or whatever it was. Does anyone know anything about this? Captain Chunk, who's in chat at the moment, uh, mentioned it. Um, um, I know that the, yeah, the, I'm guessing it was DDoS or something because the API kept going down and then that was forcing servers to shut down because the um, CF, tools, CF Tools plugin requires the API to work. So there was a lot of servers that we had to remove the mod. And can you break that down for the dummies who don't understand a thing you just said then? Um, okay, so there's a server-side mod um, that reports things to the CF tool, CF Tools website, which is a, an online um, server management thing, thing technical term. Um, and the mod, in order for it to work, has to have remote connection to a CF Tools web server. Yep. And I'm guessing that that got attacked. And then um, because the mod doesn't have the connection to the server, it shuts down the DayZ server that it's running on. Matt, do other games get attacked as much as DayZ seems to get attacked? I I think so. I, I think that, I mean, from my experience with DayZ, there was always someone that was trying to, you know, be negative about the project. Um, you know, that... The thing was, is back in the early days, we were pretty, we simply just didn't care. Um, and, and it, we, you know, we used to fire back with a lot of, uh, you know, sure, haters because you ain't us sort of thing. Um, yeah. And I, th I think that actually, you know, people are always going to be negative on the internet. Um, oh, yeah. You know, but... But for every one person that's negative, you've got 10 people that aren't saying anything that are happy. Um, I, I have also found, and I think I'm just watching it in the background now, I think I've got uh, the... So this is before no one ever outside of the original USEC community will have ever have seen this. Um, and this was our first test map of Daisy. It's potato quality. Okay. I will warn you of this. Um, so our test map for uh, the original mod was Utes. Um, so this was recorded. If I'm, re if I'm uh, reading the name right, this was recorded by Chad, who's one of the uh, testers. So he's loading into Utes in one of the player roles on the mod. Um, Dean, see, Hall Dean, Hall, Dean Hall presents, yeah. Um, and uh, it'll say a USEC Force production because USEC Force was our gaming clan. The super old logo. Wow. Uh, um, but we used to have this intro every single time you load onto a frickin' server. What uh, so, on the 12th of March 20, 2013, I imagine, the rabies virus mutated and something, something, basically, and triggering a global pandemic. Um, basically, this was the backstory that we had to it, and it was very... Very much based on 28 days later. spread among the world's population, triggering a... The virus creates a massive 
And it was, oh, I can't remember, something shock uh, known immune, as an... Immune response. Imagine. Immune response known as an epilepsy. Is it uh, something shock? And basically... Uh, yeah, so it, would, it would cause... This is, this is fucking next level, Matt. This is stuff that... I, I call myself a Daisy fanboy, but I've never heard that it was from the rabies virus, or if I have, I've forgotten. Yeah. Ben, are you... This is not oh, This no, is no. not canon. This is not canon. This is just shit that we put together back in, like, 2012 before it was ever released. Like, no, it's not that. canon. It's, no, 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 it's, it's canon now. It's canon now. Yeah. <laughs> so it says, for most, the fevers run so high that their heart stops and their brain cooks. I am also pausing and unpausing so I can actually read the text. 80% of the world's population die. And also, all of this artwork is fair use. Um, those that survive suffer brain damage uh, from the, the virus. And as... From the fever. Oh, fever. Sorry, from the fever. And as the something... Uh, Spreads. I... I your best reading for the brain, it. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Aggression, insomnia, something else, and something else. Okay. Hi. This Can feels actually... like you predicted 2020. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, basically, it, it gives you, it's giving you the background. It might have even been nicked. That text might have even been nicked off 28, 28 days later. Society crumbles as the pandemic spreads rapidly. You are one of the 2% who are immune. This is, this your, is story. your story. That bit's part of the actual law, though, isn't it? The, the you're, you're one of the 2%. Yes. Immune, this is your story. That's part of the actual official canon law, isn't it? Yeah, maybe all the all the survivors are immune. That's what I've understood. Yeah. So yeah, you can see all this shit of like old school people, um, and we just gave ourselves all trumped up titles. <laughs> um. And some of them we didn't even fill in, I guess. Oh no, there's Joel. Feels like the start to 28 days later. Yeah, I, I can't remember how much we nicked off it. Uh, oh, I also forgot Chris. Chris is also another solid guy who was in the military with Dean. So, yeah, Sam. Sam was another one of the there's myself hey. <laughs> I don't remember Patrick Norrin I, I also don't remember Norrin as well 
Uh, Janus did CBA, I think. <laughs> Although you're testing my armor, th my armor modding knowledge there. Um, so on our test map, you would spawn at the airfield on Utes. Utes was one of the smaller armor two maps, and it would spawn in zombies um, at night. Um, so here we can see the zombies over by the habitation buildings. Um, I can't actually remember what this video shows, but I'll narrate it as we go. Um, so at the start, most of the game was at night, and you used to spawn in with the scar, um, just because this the loot was one of the final bits that we actually did. Um, and we so were, hang on, we our... just pause for a sec. The very yep. first Daisy map wasn't Chernerous. Um, so it was when we actually had everything together, but we did all of the testing on Utes because it it loaded quicker. Um, wow. Because we we tested everything in isolation, so we had most of the medical system there. Um, the zombies then came, and the loot was one of the final bits um, because the loot was the hardest to do, basically. Um, well, I say the hardest bit to do. It was the hardest thing to do apart from the zombies. Anyone that remembers the mod, the zombies were super janky. Um, I'm just going to move chat over here. Um, uh, let's have a look. So, yeah. Um, here we can see the original zombie models that we had. I guess in this video, they aren't even reacting to the player. Um, yeah. Um, but actually, those buildings as well in the background that you can see, they were where we first uh, actually tested the loot spawning. Um, so you'll remember those from the... They were really solid for loot at the airfield and things. And the zombies have finally reacted to you. Which is where you get this horrendous zombie noise. <laughs> um, yeah, so you get you get that horrendous... Yeah, you can even see the map is called Zombie Test. <laughs> um, yeah, and that is probably the oldest and only... Daisy video in four. Wow. Crazy. Um, just for the, was... and it is canon oh. now, by the way, you've just reinvented Daisy. But just for Shit. that alone, that was amazing. The original yeah, canon of what Daisy was going to be. The thing is, is I've actually got um, four terabytes of like old files. So my problem is, is that I'm terrible at file sorting. So. I've still got tons of stuff, and every single time I go looking for something, I find something new that's, like, old. Um, I feel like you've got a whole show's worth of stuff that we need to see. Yeah. Yeah. I keep telling myself one day I'll spend a weekend actually going through, like, ordering everything, um, because I, for some of the times I actually kept up a journal um, that would never be out. It was rough. But uh, it'd be worth actually like tying some of the pictures and videos to you know key dates and stuff, um, because yeah, there yeah, was that'd be interesting a timeline of the development with 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 all the stuff you've got. Yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. Even that would that would make an amazing YouTube video. So yeah. that was wow. My mind's kind of blown from the uh, watching that. Absolutely it's amazing. Such a, it's such a good little map as well, Utes. It's such a 
almost underrated to a degree. Like it's 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 available on the Daisy standalone launcher. There's like four servers up. Two of them are locked. One's a deathmatch, and one's a regular sort of modded survival one. But like I played on it when when it first sort of got introduced onto the Daisy standalone launcher about last year, I think. And it's it's a pretty cool little map. The fact that it's now sort of a current thing as well as a modded map, you can actually go on and play. You know that I think that alone would give a little bit of a nostalgic feeling to a degree. Um, if you give me a minute, I can actually pull up. I have a copy of some of the actual uh, source files from the earliest mod. Uh, so I, the thing that really annoys me is I wish that I'd kept a copy of all of the versions of the mod um, because it would be great now to fire up something from like 2013 and play on it <laughs> just to see. What the frigate was like. Um, so, if anybody actually has has a old version of Hive um, on a server somewhere, it'd be great. Um, the one's look, probably got something. I'm, I'm looking somewhere. towards. I'm looking towards chat here. Yeah, <clears throat> thinking you know. If anyone's got something, it's going to be the one. Uh, Twinkle Toes Twitch, where the zombie sounds just you guys screaming. No, so actually a lot of the stuff that we had at the time was uh, we purchased stuff off Turbo Squid. Uh, <laughs> we had to actually stop that because we got so many complaints from nicked source files because at the time Turbo Squid basically was just people re-uploading content. Um, so <laughs> we were buying stuff that actually like other people had just nicked from another another game or project without permission, and we'd paid money for it. Um, so we 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 had to slowly stop doing that. Um, but yeah, so I think that was one of the things that we actually got off that. Um, but I got a quick question all? for you: At what point did Bohemia finally start getting more professional with Daisy? It sounds like, you know, the way you've talked about it, initially it was, you guys just, look, we'll, we'll give you the bare minimum. You guys just bumble your way through it. And then all of a sudden, Daisy hit the next level. <laughs> so I think the thing is, a lot of people didn't really understand how Daisy had happened. Um, because Even within Bohemia. It, well, I, I think with, within the games industry in general, right, is like Bohemia probably wasn't used to that. Like they, you know, we had made Armor 2 be far more popular than it ever was. Millions of people bought Armor 2 because of Daisy. Um, and I, I think that, you know, they just wanted to bring it on and not change anything because it was super successful. Um, you know, I didn't really know better. Um, so I just kept being, you know, 18 year old loudmouth me. Um, and. I think that it got, as the project matured and we brought in more people, um, you know, other people saw the risks and that's where it all got more professional. Um, so let's have a look what I have here. Um, so, ooh, who actually has... So I have a copy of, uh, oh, I have a folder that's called Legacy, and it's got Daisy Animation, Daisy Code, Daisy Server, and Daisy Sound Effects, which I think was the full pack at the time. 
but we don't we wouldn't have hive and hive would be the sum would be the thing that we'd need to reverse engineer um and dig up because like, there were there were only about four or five people actually ever had access to it so i think someone put in the chat did anyone have that oh smash smash was one of the original reddit moderators as well um that was pretty much there from the start um we I don't think the old repo exists at all because we started out on we started out using Dropbox and we maxed out the Dropbox connections. So we then had to move to six. Was it six? Six launcher, the one run by Sick Boy, Blue Logo. Not sure. Yeah. Um and when we moved to that, uh people were getting slow connection speed, so we started branching out more. Um and we would then essentially just uh, load it up for people. But the, because of the limited amount of access to the Hive, um, there was only myself, Dean, uh, Anders, uh, Tonic, uh, and Joel, and one or two other people that had access. Uh, because of you could literally go into the database and edit things live. Um, and you could take down everybody off. You could take everyone offline instantly if you really saying, wanted yes, to. Yes, you were right about six launcher. Um, and Jacob Mango is saying that yeah, Brian said somewhere that the hive doesn't exist because no one knew about version control. Well, the thing was, is we just simply didn't care about version control at the time. We had a copy of the old version, and we we're updating the new version. Yeah. Um, I have uh, a copy that is a later version, but um. And I managed to get that working, but that was that it didn't work well. Um, it would, I think, to be honest, if we wanted that, it would require someone to actually dig through. Because um, I still got one of the original servers that I still pay for that had the mod on. Um, but like, yeah, I've got the other thing that I've just got is where are you? Usec Daisy. I have the original artwork for the Winchester rifle that was in de in the mod, um, which was the one that I'd purchased off Turbo Squid, yeah. um, which we always configured wrong. The Winchester was configured as a shotgun when actually anyone that knows a Winchester repeater files, fires balls. Um, but and that was because uh, we'd been watching cowboy films at the time. Um, <laughs> I have a full build of Daisy from. Hang on. Sorry, I thought that was a date, and it wasn't. I have a full build from the third of the fifth, twenty twelve. Um, that's probably, probably the oldest one. Um. But there's no, there's no hive, and then I've also got the police car, um, which was we that only went in for about two months, and we had a British police car that was configured really poorly on the server, um, um, and it never had flashing lights. But yeah, I'll 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 see if I can uh, pull up the actual Winchester model. Let's extract the files, see what we've got. You're an absolute treasure trove of information. The thing is, I've just. This is why simply not paying for you know, like paying for stuff just 
attached to your card. Yeah, so I've got got this. Um, so actually, how do I share my screen? Um, so this is the this is the original Winchester model, and these are the renders that we we got straight from the Turbo Squid file. Mm -hmm. um, that's that was what we got. Um, let's see what. Not loading for me. Uh, can you see see that? I can see it. Um. Oh, there we go. I will not go into my download folder live on stream. That is a <laughs> that is a risky maneuver. But yeah, so like, there's just tons of stuff like that that you know. One day I'd love to go back and actually get an old version of the uh, the mod running, but um, but it would require a lot of effort and a lot of the old guys to come back together. We need to get you know, it needs somebody that actually uh, worked on Hive, probably Joel. Um, or Anders to come back and help us either reverse engineer it or or even Dean um, see see when when the last copy we could find of it because there will be one somewhere someone will have a copy of that freaking database that's going to be like in a, in a box in someone's garage like or in a storage unit somewhere that you know that's long forgotten about that's got overdue payments on it or something like that and yeah. that's going to be like long gone type of thing I reckon. The worst part yeah, is if but... someone did find it, if they had no understanding like me, they'd probably just discard it. Yeah. Um, okay. Next uh, topic we had was um, DOJ, Dance of Jesus. What was this again? What did I pick up from him? Um, just finished some mapping, all done with the Daisy Editor made by Inclement Dab, coming out in beta today. This sample will be available to everyone and free to use on any service. Um, I think he was trolling us um, because he's got a picture of a corget um, in the uh, or a zucchini, and the name or he's got associated with the file is Penis Young. So I'm not quite sure. <laughs> of, course, what the, of course he has. <laughs> but the main reason I wanted to talk about it now: Have you seen the um, the Daisy editor that uh, one of the guys uh, in the modding community has been working on, Matt? I haven't, to be honest. It's actually pretty cool. Ben, you're probably the best one to um, talk about it. Um, oh, so are you as well, Brim, because you do a lot of map editing work. Well, I wouldn't go that far. I would say I've, I've used uh, I've used the ones uh, admin, VPP admin tools to place a couple of buildings, but I definitely wouldn't put myself anywhere near on the level of uh, of Ben or anyone else, to be fair. Um, if you don't know about the editor tool, um... I mean, you're familiar with the Eden editor? Yes, yeah. Yeah, right. So it's, it's basically the, the idea is to aim for something like that. Um, currently up to now, we've only had like a couple of ways to add um, objects to the map, and it's been quite painful. Um, Dancer Jesus is the one who knows this pain the most. Um, so like, just one, just one major example of what the tool can do, you can create brushes and paint a forest with a brush so it'll place all the trees for you randomly in different um orientations and everything so rather than having to place a thousand individual trees you can just wipe wipe over the map and paint them on 
That's so that, pretty slick. Yeah, that alone, just that one little feature, is a huge time saver and, and a headache reliever for some people. Um, and then aside from that, it's got a whole cinematic element to it with um, a camera and everything. So content creators can use that to, you know, film cinematics and um, create scripted content, things like that. I have to ask, Matt, what did you do to your forearm? It looks like you had a really bad skating stack. <laughs> so I have a genetic skin condition, uh, which uh, is called epidermolysis bullosa. And it basically means my skin's weaker um, on oh. my... So when you get like a graze or something, uh, for me, my skin basically just flies like it's super weak. But it's only really my elbows and then my knees and my shins. So I get great scars. <laughs> But also, it doesn't help that I'm great super scars. clumsy. <laughs> I like yeah. that. I get great scars. I've got badass scars like no one else has ever had before. <laughs> but yeah. So I have. Sorry? I have found something as well that if Ooh. you give me a minute, I will open and share. This see, we're is. We're talking about other stuff, and you're just. It seems like you're in the zone at the moment with um, finding stuff, and it's, it's triggering a lot of memories for you. Yeah, I've I've also started messaging several of the old people. So it's been like, hey, uh, got a hive. Um, I am still convinced someone will have that. Either Anders or Joel or Sick, Sick Boy, someone will have a copy because it's one of those things that you wouldn't delete if you if you found it. Um, I'm pretty yeah. So what I'm gonna do. Is I am going to, like I said, I said about reuniting people for one day. Maybe if we, you could reunite everybody on the server, that'd be cool. Yeah, I think the thing is as well is everyone's kind of gone in different directions though now, like as well. So, yeah. I, you know, I I don't know that there'd be the appetite. I don't think Dean would be interested in 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 that because it would be a lot of time for him. And I know the minute he would touch Daisy again, all he would get from people would be, "Oh, Daisy, Daisy, where are you getting back involved?" Mm. Um, and he obviously runs his own studio now, so it's a uh, it would be a, an issue for him. Brian might Brian might take part though. He'd probably have a because he's he's well free of it now. So yeah, Brian wouldn't have a copy of the Hive um, uh, because he wasn't well. He wasn't around for the mod. Um, so what I'm going to do is I'm just going to share my screen again. So this. I would have to check dates, but I think this was a present was the presentation we showed at Rest. Um, so this gives you an insight to some of the stuff we did for the mod. Um, and I'm also gonna someone in chat can correct me if I'm wrong, but the artist that did these was either Joe or Clayton, um, because those were the two guys that we had that did a lot of the work on our website and concept art. So to give you an idea, these were the numbers we were talking about at the time. We had 400,000 user accounts. So that was like 400,000 people that had actually played Daisy at 15,000 people at the same time, um, which now I imagine is just nothing. Like that's, that's a slow Friday. Um, and uh, yeah, ooh, we'd obviously not finished the presentation either. This is obviously an incomplete version. Um, so we've got like here's some of the concept art we had of like survival camps. So when when I was talking about those high objectives to work with other players towards, and we were talking about camps and things, that was some concept art that had been knocked together for it. Whose signature um, is that? 
I honestly don't know. Um, um, I, I honestly don't know. Let's enhance. <laughs> I mean, that's of no help to us at all. Um, well, it looks the... like a big letter A at the beginning. So yeah, I don't know if that gives any sort of clue. Yeah. Um, character model. Yeah, and we we talked about like the progression. So the longer that you're in the game, your your uh, your your character would progress, and like zombies would decay more. I swear, it's... I've seen that image before. Yeah, yeah. before, yeah. And we see like the whole noob and veteran and stuff. Um, and then we'd also talked about like the updating, you know, like updating the website and tracking like statistics and things because. Pretty much all this data we had in the mod hive, um, so like all the data, like we 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 were able to see, you know, how long you'd survived for, um, and like how f- we could extrapolate how far you'd travelled and things from your jumping around and such um, when your location was updated. So we could get a lot of that data from the, the things that we already had. Um, and yeah, you can see like there's Joe because he was obviously the the artist that had done that that, that grab of the website. Um, but yeah, wow. um, so that's just another like. Oh yeah, so Smash has just said he's pretty sure it was Joe. Um, so Joe's Joe's lucky twenty two was his his handle. Um, I can't remember whether it's him or Clayton that like fell off the face of the earth for months. Um, or years, because I tried getting in touch with a couple of the artists, because um, it's just nice to check in on some of the people. But um, yeah, um, yes, yeah, so that's some of the old concept stuff that we had. That's amazing. Um, that in particular, I love that um, that vision of the camp. Was yeah. It's just oh. as we, you know, as I'm digging through, it's just more and more stuff I'm finding. Um, <laughs> so you need that... another show just dedicated to your stuff. <laughs> yes, definitely. Yeah. Well, while you try and find something else, we'll go on to um, the next topic. Um, Ike D streams. Now, this really, really impressed me, guys. I don't know whether you saw me retweet it, um, but... This bloke um, posted out that fat rabbit about just found out my oldest niece has cancer at 13 years old. She is going to be spending a ton of time in the hospital. So I'm thinking about a 24-hour stream this weekend to raise money for our Ad Nintendo America Switch Lite. I have an amazing community and I just want to help somehow. Now, most of you probably know who Ike is. I'm pretty sure you all follow him or he follows you. And um, he just said this tweet, I'll cover the Switch. Use what you raise for games or other things she may want or need. Just let me know the easiest way to get the funds to you. That is a fucking OG move right there. Um, yep. Blew me away when I saw that. Yeah, I did the fundraiser for uh, Moonshine. Um, and just seeing something like that. And, oh, my God, we've just had royalty turn up in um, chat. Sumrak is um, in here. Matt, do you know who Sumrak is? Yeah, so I never directly worked with Sumrak. Um, but I know of him and I've been in touch with him because he was he said to say hi to he, Hi. Sorry, I've not oh I've not scrolled down in chat. Um 
but yeah, so Sunrack is again an OG armor modder um, that eventually joined the DayZ team. Um, and he's still on there, I believe. He's the um, project lead now. Nice. But yeah, we, so it's, it's nice that, like, you know, that sort of, you've had that progression where it's still in the hands of, of, of content creators and not, I say. That's one thing that I do like about Daisy is that, you know, like hearing about yourself, 18 years old. And you were involved, like when when you reached out of that. I didn't even look at your profile picture on Twitter or anything like that, um, because I wanted to. I genuinely like trying to find out as much as possible. You obviously sent through some basic information about yourself, but then hearing you were eighteen years old when you started working on Day Z, I know some of the guys in chat, like a lot of the people, a lot of the names you're seeing there are people who are modders. Um, Jacob Mango, um, Grum, uh, sorry, Dumpgra, um, Dewan, um, they're all people who are doing amazing stuff doing mods for DayZ. And I just wonder where they're going to end up in the future. You know, whether they possibly end up working for DayZ, maybe, you know, it depends on how long DayZ's got left being supported or, you know, being hired by the likes of yourself to work on a game or it's just, it's an amazing industry. It is, and that that I think that's part of the magic. Like I said, um, is like you know, it created all this kind of all these careers for people that probably would have never had an opportunity. Um, so this was. I'm also going to spin off now into another tangent. Um, this is the first article that we ever had about Daisy, and I'm looking at the artwork, and it looks like this was in PC Gamer, um, and basically this was just reporting that. That Daisy, like Daisy, was a mod for Armor Two Combined Arms, and it caused a spike in Armor Two sales. And that was that was the picture I'd sent to Dean because I'd bought a copy of PC Gamer in the UK. Yep, and send it to him. Um, but I'm going to scroll through. So that was the guy. That was the yeah. guy on the artwork at the start. <laughs> um, oh, this is risky. Yeah, well, no, I have simply no idea what we've got. So that was uh, one of the maps of Chinaris, yeah. Um, we've got some more images from Rezd, our prices. Um, let me, what I will do. So, yeah, there you go, PC Gamer, that was the magazine. Um, so I will scroll through all the stuff. So here is some more pictures of real life uh, Chinaris. Green Mountain. Uh, yeah, Green Mountain. Um, oh, I can't remember which valley that is. Um, so yeah, so this is, you're looking at the southern side of Chinaris now. Um, so if you look on the right hand side, that is Electro. And then in the background, you have Cherno, if my memory serves me right, like it's yep. a bloody old photo. Um, then here, again, you're looking further along to the right. So you're seeing, actually, when we updated Electro um, and you had and, and Cherno and you had the buildings, the tenements on the hills above it, you, know, you can see those in the picture as well. Um, and yeah, again, you're seeing the train line that actually comes around out of Electro around the coast. Um, oh, yeah. Um, 
What else have we got? So that guy at the bottom of the picture is the well. That's a throwback to anybody that uh, some of the armor people will know him. He was Celery, um, who used to be a modder and, and worked on Armor 3 for a while. Um, Ivan and Dean. Us literally pointing on the Cherno map and then being able to see it in real life. <laughs> Ivan's energetically you can you can see his positive energy in that picture. <laughs> um Yeah, um And we would literally see this stuff. Um Dean had a terrible cold that day as well, so he's doing VIX. Um <laughs> Yeah, sure it's VIX. Sure it's VIX. Yeah. Um Drug habit confirmed. <laughs> Um, yeah, and so these are the pylons that actually go up to Green Mountain in real life as well. Yep. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> um, yeah, and that's... Uh, I don't know what those emails are about. So this was the second... This was the first convention we'd actually gone to with Bohemia. This was Gamescom. Um, and if you look, like that was how big the Bohemia booth was. It was absolutely tiny. And we had three games there. We had Daisy, Armor 3, and Carrier Command. And if you look at that slightly lowered platform, we filled the entire top of that with cans that people had donated. Um, and uh, yeah, let's see if we've got any pictures of cans and stuff. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Also, you should ask Dean about tiramisu. Not okay. Dean, Brian. Brian and tiramisu. Uh, he he will uh, he'll not thank me for sharing those stories. But you should put him on the spot for them. Um, but yeah, um, did I also totally ignore to stop asking a, a question you'd asked as well? A topic. I I honestly have no idea. I honestly have no idea. I was just so. <laughs> Absorbed with the photos that you've been. Have you look? Have you got any more? I've got tons. My problem is, is they're just not sorted uh, and they're spread around like thousands of folders. So yeah. I, I, my my e drive is oh, it's two terabytes, and then I have a, a D drive that's another two, and I just have a folder that's like dump, and then I have like dump, 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 dump. And it's just where I've I've been like I need to clear out my desktop, copy all folder. Um, Can I just say thank you for not deleting these things, because I know you know for you 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 lived it and you know it's that. But for guys like us three and everyone in chat, we're all just absolutely loving this trip down memory lane. And you know we've seen pictures before from Batty and Sumrack and you know barely infected and Toprek and that of people who've been to the actual locations, but he, hearing from someone who was there when everything was being formed just adds a whole new level of... What's the word I'm looking for, Ben? Well, it's, a, it's like a personal, personal bit, isn't it? Yeah. I'm trying to think of the word. Brim, you got an idea of what the word is we're ah. looking for? No, believe it or not, English is my first language, but <laughs> I don't show it often. I know what you're trying to say, but yeah, yeah. I just can't think of the word for it. Oh, okay. 
Um, what were we talking about? Um, oh, yeah, we were talking about um, Ike D's move. So big shout out yeah. to Ike D. Um, give him a follow on Twitter, folks. Uh, I'll uh, grab his um, – I'll grab that post. He's definitely worth following because that was just an amazing move by him to do something that nice for another content creator out there in the community. Um, yeah. Now and we've got just, actually just before just before we move on there, Boydie as well. I've just posted in Twitter. There's been an update to the situation in general, uh, and the young girl has now got her Nintendo Switch. Already, so the, uh, yeah. So the posts that I have uh, put in your in your chat there links to uh, the guy Fat Rabbit. It's a, his uh, one of his statuses. It's actually a picture of her. her sorry, his niece. Uh, sat in the hospital she's got all her stuff she's surrounded by a shit ton of good stuff so positive decent uh bit of content as an update there that's awesome man that's that's fucking awesome that's just such a sweet thing for him to do and just to yeah because they're not cheap those nintendo switches are they and there's a no, there supply a, issue with there them are a good and... couple of hundred there's a good yeah. there are a good few hundred you know pounds probably be closer to the the five six hundred plus dollar mark for 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 you Aussies, so yeah, yeah be. it's it'd be really expensive. But it looks like, judging by that tweet as well, by that post, he's still Fat Rabbit is still going to be doing uh, streams to try and raise more funds and and what have you for his niece. So and that's a pretty definitely sweet thing worth. Uh, yeah, definitely worth checking him out, and giving him a follow, and and helping out any way you can. Now I don't know if Adam is still here, but. Um, Adam tweeted, um, all right, that's it. After a few weeks of headaches, I've given up and initiated the move of my website. Right now, I'm not so sure how fast I'm going to move everything. Things may not work when you visit it, but I will try my best to sort it out ASAP. Thank you for your understanding. I do want to apologize for a sudden stop of news around the mosque, and my streams will resume once it is possible. Work hasn't stopped, and it is still on track for a 2020 release. Um, so, yeah, that's... Ben, do you know what's been happening with his um, website? I, I don't I actually. Don't I, all I know is he's been having some problems with it. I'm not actually sure what the. What do you the think it's malicious is, or is it just? I, I I don't know. I don't. I mean, judging from what he said about it, I don't feel like it is. I think mm. he said he was having some problems with the actual host themselves. Um. So Captain Chunk saying yeah. it's back up now, which is good. All right, cool. It sounds like from his tweets that he's having actual internet problems generally as well, like himself. Mm. So it might have something to do with that. Adam's in chat and he can probably answer. Jacob saying not malicious. Um, there you go, yeah. You... I'm sure it was problems to do, do with you the know Namolsk at all, uh, Matt? Yeah, I do. So I used to play that back in the day on uh, on Armour. Um, so I'm, I'm still absolutely scaring for things. Um so yeah, I've, I mean, I've got. So we wrote probably, I think, that one of the smartest things I've ever done was I, I actually. So first of all, Dean and I were the, the first two custom characters in the game. So I posted the chat, the the pictures in there, uh, where it looks slightly special. The other one was I posted an article I actually wrote about uh, what we'd observed about PvP in Daisy. Um, and because uh, the phrase that I, I like to use is, I think really what Daisy did uniquely was I would call it pure PvP. Um, you know, 
you you actually had a choice. It wasn't like a Call of Duty map where you either, you know, it's co-op or it's kill people, right? If you actually had a choice and that choice would actually bring with it positives and negatives. If you kill someone, you get their stuff, but you also don't get a partner. But instead, if you partner up with them, two guns is better than one gun. Um, and actually, the zombies were just a cheap antagonist um, that drove the unique social interaction. And I am a big believer of, I think that actually Daisy made you scared, made you feel things, it made you emotional. And because you had that real loss with uh, the permadeath, you actually were scared of losing your time and you were scared of yeah. losing your gear. Um, and, and actually that way, because you had that pure choice, you weren't just thinking about stuff. You were also thinking about the whole, at the time, because you had the, the, ban, you know, the bandit and hero skins, you could be like, right, well, how do I want to play this? Do I want to try and get hero skin? And then, you know, there's, there's the positivity that comes with that. Um, but yeah, um, so I'm, but I'm just digging through. I found copies of like the old USEC website and like the back end that we had for that. Um, I'm st- I I I'm still freaking annoyed because I'm sure that I'm sure that I probably have a copy of the hive somewhere. It's just going to be found in one of the forts, you know. Um, but yeah, we not found anything more daisy exciting just yet uh yeah i guess is there any anything else that you want you wonder about those early days or how anyone felt chat, on- does anyone in chat have any questions either of you two i think we could do a whole episode on this again just yeah. on the, the like story no other i honestly think what I would like to do, Matt, is give you some time to maybe have a look and we look at getting you back on, say, early next year or something um, and do an episode with nothing else, just a trip down memory lane going through some of the stuff that you were working on. Okay, we've got some questions. How was your model made for the standalone from Dewan? So... um I actually have found a copy of the old uh, the old uh, Daisy forums that is in a my BB uh, file. So I could restore that one there, and we could see some of the shit we used to post. Um, my model was actually made off pictures, so I think uh, it was Steph. We we actually Dean and I got uh, facial pictures, so we had to take forward facing, side facing, and. At the time, because I lived in the middle of nowhere at the studio, I never used to go to the hairdressers because I couldn't communicate with them because I didn't speak Czech. So it never came out well. So I used to cut my own hair, which is why the hair is awful in it. Um, and uh, actually then the artist went away and, and did both Dean and myself. I think Dean was pulled out of the game. I have no idea if my head's still in the game. Um, Do you give permission for them to add it back if you uh, if they've got it? God, absolutely. I don't care. Like, <laughs> D, when we were on the standalone, one of the points that D, Dean and I were raising, because we were saying about the mod, and actually one of the things that became an issue is that people saw Dean and myself as the two faces at the time of the project. But 
there were a lot of guys in in the wings that were supporting us, like Sick Boy, like Razor, um, you know, like all these other people that were were there and putting time in, but people didn't see them because they were behind behind the shop front. So one of the things that I thought would be good was actually if we posted each week a different member of the team and we gave like an introduction about what they do and they could answer questions. So Dean's first design was like, yeah, I really like that idea. So he posted a picture of me uh, wearing a dress on the forums and I was furious with him. And he posted with the tagline as like, uh, the more the more memes this post gets, the faster we'll release updates. Um, and I've got folders of those freaking things where people had literally just turned Dean and myself into stupid freaking memes. And whenever you used to search me, when I applied for my job at CIG, one of the staff members interviewing me found a load of the pictures and was like, what the fuck's this? And I was like, wow. <laughs> well, um, Do you still hate it? I don't. I, to be honest, is a lot of funny stuff happened with it, and some of the memes were really, really good. Um, probably the most embarrassing bit was some member of the forums had signed, signed, signed it up, signed that picture up to a New Zealand dating website, and it was just oh. using Daisy innuendos. Um, and some of the messages they got were hideous. Like they, every day they would post on the Daisy game forums the responses that this this thing had got. That like gives you a level walks, of the... long walks along the beach at uh, Kamishovo <laughs> and <laughs> can often like, be found just... um, for taking pictures from the top of Green Mountain. And it was like, I really like, I really want you to share your beans with me um, and stuff. And people, yeah, people, people were awful. Um, oh, yeah, that's awesome. Um, that's awesome. I hope that's on the way back machine. Yeah, there must be. Um, um, another question we had: um, Are there yep. any ideas that were started on that were abandoned because they were too ambitious? Oh, I mean, the word to be honest is a lot. Back in the mod. Sorry, just give me a second. Uh, I think I found something that is a sql file that is 69 meg tall uh, if you give me 30 seconds i might have found a copy of uh hive i'm going bathroom every two minutes yeah this is where we get all excited and it turns out it's absolutely nothing um but so there were tons but we pretty much announced them the minute that we actually had an idea um uh, I think some of the big ones to call out that you know would have been nice to have done is diseases. We did a few, a bit of that in the mod. They were in there for quite a long time, um, but no one really understand understood them because you would just get messages saying, "You feel unwell, you feel sick," and no one really knew whether it was something they'd eaten or whether they'd gotten like cholera. Um, I think that's one of the one of the really good things about the game in its current state is they've kind of fixed that essentially now. Like the actual sort of sickness modeling game is actually a lot better now, especially with things like being able to use the blood test kits and it tells you what what disease you've got and things like that. I think they've, they've and you can identify uh, from the symptoms as well. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's the blood types that always get me. I always yes. check my blood type, and then I can never remember what goes where and if you can give it to someone else or not. And every time I do it, I have to I have to Google it just to double check. So I'm gonna ask someone because uh, it's been it has been literally six to seven years. Uh, easy UI way of being able to open a SQL database. Someone in chat will know Dewan or uh, Jacob. Yeah. Uh, in particular, uh, be the two. I can't remember the program I used to use. Um, so but, me, and, yeah. <laughs> me and Boydia are sat here just like you might as well have been speaking Chinese. Okay. Comrade so, Jackal said Heidi SQL. Heidi was the one I used to use. Yes. Uh, so I'll grab that. Um, so essentially what SQL file is, it's a database. So um, I found a database um, that is dated uh, close to the mod, which if I've got that, that would be the Hive database. And actually, the only thing that we'd need in the middle would be uh, Mother. So we used to name all of the backend programs off, uh, off essentially supercomputers from films. So we had Mother, Father, uh, Hive, which I think were all from Alien films. I think so, yeah. Sounds about right, yeah. Um, So I'm just going to install that and we'll see, we'll see what data we have. Um, While we wait for this... that, what happened to the fridge in the game? Any details? I've seen Dean being interviewed showing rotting food and the fridge. So to be honest, is that I would say that would be lumped in with like diseases and things. Is there were things where you know we talked about like the loot in the game being more hidden and being more intuitive with where it was hidden? But there's also a lot of more challenges with that. Um, and uh, and uh, and uh, sorry. Uh, and the problem that we had there is like actually being able to place the spawning nodes on things was really really challenging. Which is why most of the loot for a long time was in was uh, actually placed on the floor. Um, so I can't remember when we, I know that we did say stuff around that, but that was one of the yeah. things where I think it just, uh, it turned out too difficult. Um, the, but going back to the diseases and stuff, I think that's something that we talked about a lot, but actually it didn't come to fruition. Same with some of the bandit sites, same with the camps and things. Um, it would have been nice if players had an ability to, I personally, I'm not necessarily, I don't think the building in like rust and such is the best way to do it. I think because in reality, right. So I'm a hardcore survivalist. I love camping. Like, you know, I'm pretty confident I could build a log cabin if I had a chainsaw, but how many people in the world yeah. could say that? Right. Yeah. And if you then look at the structures in rust where you've not just got a log cabin, you have a tower that is like has three perimeter walls and you know it's it's all encompassing um and that's why when we were looking at it um so actually the file i found connects me to the hive uh was actually just a to connect you to the hive um I believe. Um, 
So, yeah, that doesn't work. Shame. Oh. Um, yeah, it was worth a punt. Um, but, yeah, so... Well, Bob's has got a good point on what you just said then. I think, in general, people would just inhabit existing structures. Yeah, and, you know, it's like that... that fortification and actually you know when you when you see that like how do you how do you then like adapt because i think people would inhabit you know current structures but also take tents out into the middle of a forest to hide stuff yeah um and it's it's those sorts of things where actually it'd be quite nice that if we'd explored that more um but you know again hindsight's brilliant um Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what else have we got on the agenda? Um, the base building plus update. Just a good segue into this one, talking about um base building. But um they've actually um now I know everyone um knows how much I love the expansion mod, but it was good to see base building plus coming out with an update of their um mod as well. Because I I said just last week that um, it was a bit janky by comparison to how smooth um, it is to do building and snapping things on in um, the expansion mod. Um, but this is great to see, you know. Choice is great for people. The more choice there is, the more options you have, the better it is. Yeah, you seem to be able to – you seem to get the uh, the UI pop-up a little – like for, for placing that, that kit look. You get that red UI bit, that sort of, you know, that snapping feature seems to be a bit further away as well. Yeah. Whereas on expansion, you kind of have to be stood relatively close to where you wish to place it. I still um, want to see more work done with more doors for the reason we were just talking yeah. about, um, that um, as uh, Matt was saying, you know, you can't um, – expect everyone to be able to build um, perfect uh, carpenter walls and all the rest of it. Like, um, I've done a survival course in the Army. Um, I could build a basic um, lean-to, but it came to building a log cabin. Fuck me. No, I wouldn't be able to do that. Even if I had it, oh, I'd probably stumble my way through it. Um, but it wouldn't look anything like bloody what you saw in Grizzly Adams or anything like that, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that that base building plus mod is a really good mod as well. That was sort of the first yes. base building mod that I ever sort of came across when I when I sort of joined the fray on Daisy a couple of years ago. And the first community I modded community I played in, they uh, that I'd sort of called home, so to speak. They were using the base building plus. I never bothered with it. I preferred vanilla just because I already knew. I was too lazy to learn a new way of fucking doing things, basically. I knew what the vanilla base building was. I knew how to do it, what I needed, so I just did that. But some of the people that played on that server, they had some phenomenal talent to to do, especially when you've got the three different, you know, you could do wood, metal, and concrete buildings and, you know, have hatches yeah. and, you know, doors that lead to other rooms and things. There were so many really cool buildings and different options you know, whether they be a standalone building or tacked onto the side of an existing vanilla structure, there were so many good ones. And it is a, it's a really, really cool little mod. I do like that you have to have the blueprints to be able to build things as well. That's one thing I do like. Yeah. And that enables yeah. you to add just another control measure into how many bases can actually be built on your map, which is 
um, always a good thing as well. See Matt's furiously looking through files in the background there. Yeah. Quickly skipped past his porn folder. <laughs> That's the other two terabytes. Um, I See, it's annoying me because... I'm I'm certain. I'm you're I, certain I'm you've got a cert- copy of the hive somewhere. Yeah, I must have it. I must have it. Um because I'm a I'm a real hoarder. I hoard everything. Um I also have the original combat knife from the mod as well. Um but that's back up home in Manchester. Um, now that, if you wanted to do a charity, the backpack would be good. But if you've got the original uh, thing, if you ever wanted to put that up for an auction, I reckon four figures minimum would be See, great. To be honest, I'm not even attached to that. That just sits at home because it was a really, really sh- rubbish. Uh, it was Quality a really rubbish knife. knife. Um, yeah, I will... So that we know which one I'm talking about, I'll actually bring that up because I have. We did some backgrounds. Sorry, I keep getting myself excited when I see a file, and I'm like, "Ooh, ooh maybe this is it," and then it's not. <laughs> uh, I have just found a. Uh, Daisy server file from 2013. Sorry, this might actually have it. Oh, have we found it? So I actually think I have it. I have server files. I have the uh, launch config. Um. Yeah, I have a copy of the server files for the mod. Um, although, whether it will work with a hive or not, I don't, without a hive. Who knows? Um, eh, that's a future problem. Um, yeah, so I have server files for the mod now as well. Um, Boxy in chat has just said, you know what is weird? I was just watching all the old dead blogs from Dean Hall the other day when Matt was super young. Weird seeing him now. Yeah. I think the thing is, though, is like, you know, as, as we've matured and such, like the, you know, things have changed. Like, you know, it's no, it's cool looking back and digging through some of these pictures because I remember some of the stuff that we actually did do. Um, there we go. Here's the magic. So we did we did some backgrounds. These were all so these were all taken by Ivan. Uh, we went out for a day walking. And he just photoshops them together and we release them on the forums uh, where he just casually photoshopped them together. Um, so there we can see the backpack. Um, yeah, this was all my camping stuff. Ignore the torch. The torch and the shells weren't mine. But the, the combat knife is the one at the bottom there. Hunting um, knife. They call it the hunting yeah. knife in the game. And I think the that's still knife. the model they use. So I actually still have that. I have, I have, I have that 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 knife um and yeah if if uh, if there was a worthy cause i'd happily punt that up um you know because to be honest i think i think i paid like 20 pounds for it back in the day 
um, and it's blunt as anything. So yeah, if there's a worthy cause, hit me up and I'll, we'll, uh, I'll dig it out next time I'm up home. Um, well, that's probably oh, something some... for Ben and um, Brim to maybe have a think about, um, some sort of charity being based in the UK as well. There you go. Um, that's the reason the knife is blunt. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, yeah, it's, it's it's cool just digging through the files and just remembering some of the stuff that we actually did. I remember some of these images even myself. Yeah, these were, I think these were just before release. Um, and Ivan had just <laughs> decided it'd be something fun to do, so he did it. Um, and uh, yeah, it was. Sorry, I feel like I diverted away from another question or topic. No, no, we're loving it. We're absolutely loving it. Um, like we said, I, I get the feeling you're going to find hundreds of more things. Um, and this is the sort of stuff we love on the podcast. You know, we love Daisy. Um, and it's such a, it, it's a game with such a massive legacy to it. And getting to speak to someone, yeah, I've always said um, my dream was to get Dean Hall on. Um, well, I can't think of much more Dean could say other than, you know, talking about his uh, concept creation, which he said publicly before as well. This has been just as good. And uh, I, I doubt that Dean's probably got the, the same sort of files saved away that you have, Matt. Wouldn't you agree, Ben? Well, I don't know. Matt, Matt would know better, wouldn't he? But, uh, yeah, I think... Uh, well, I'd go... I'd go... I'd go... I think I was the, I'm the worst for data hoarding. Um, I think Dean's probably got more access and... The issue is we actually... We, we used to have Daisy Mod email accounts um, and we don't have access to them because... Although, that's just made me think about it. We did actually have Dropbox with the Daisy mod emails. Um, so if I have access to that, Dropbox. right, right now, BI are quickly going to close access to anything they can find. <laughs> well, no one, no one actually, no, no one. So the we still pay when we transferred it over to Bohemia. We still pretty much. <laughs> paid for everything because we had to keep invoicing the website and everything um but uh yeah all the mod stuff uh none of it was uh it's it's just super old files um i just wonder it'd be cool if it actually there were some stuff there were some things out there um if anyone in chat can remember the old I think I'm pretty sure the website was daisy-mod.com. Um, if anyone can actually remember what the uh, can actually remember what the uh, the URL was, I can probably try digging through some random things because we all had the Daisy Mod emails, and we just used to uh, we just used to use that for everything. Comrade Jack was saying Carl would know. Yeah, probably. Uh, yeah, this is the thing. It's like, really, it'd be good if everyone was willing to like spend time and uh, dig through, dig through all the systems we used to use. Um, 
because we were pretty lax with actually keeping a track of it all. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, and I do have a copy of the Daisy server and the files to launch it. Uh, I just don't have the Hive, which actually shouldn't be a problem because it connected automatically to the Hive. So you just need to mirror what the schema for the database was, which anybody that used a derivative of it would have the schema. So you could do that. Give me four hours and I could figure it out. (laughs) That would be be something to get us all on an old, 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 old original server one day. Yeah. That'd be cool. Um, okay, so we had a... Um, we've talked about the Daisy Editor beta release, which has just been absolutely amazing. Um, Mini Daisy. Now, I don't know how many people actually know about this, that there is actually a Mini Daisy game that you can play on your mobile devices, be it a tablet or a phone or whatever. So if you're the sort of person who just can't get enough of Daisy. Definitely um, check out Mini Daisy. I'll um, get their Twitter account handle, um, so you can find the link to it. But they've actually been doing some updates of it. I've got it on my iPad. Um, I haven't played it in quite some time, uh, but I do follow the account. And when I saw that they'd done an update for it, it was like, oh yeah. Um, and they're currently working on Mini Daisy too. So. Yeah, uh, Jacob, they, they say on there they're working on Mini Day Z too. So it's it's not a bad little game. It's quite fun. Um, it's it's quite challenging. In some ways, you could say it's almost harder than um, uh, Daisy on the computer. Like, it's very unforgiving. Um, very, very uh, PvP-oriented. Um, but if you can't get enough Daisy in your life, you can take Daisy in your pocket with you now as well. Brim, I see you looking... Um, were you were you not aware of it? Oh no, I was aware of it. I just hadn't looked into it for a long time, and I just it it kind of reminds me of uh, of a lot of older games like yes. that from back in the day. And it's it's back one I've day. never played. Yeah, it's one I've never played. But I think I might have to have a have a quick little look at it. I know that's going to be one of those games I'll play for about five minutes, and I'll just get pissed off with it, and it'll be uninstalled before the end of the day. I can almost guarantee it. Um, what else did we have? Oh, no, I moved the folder, so it was easy to get a hold of. Um, <clears throat> be you off, we devil. Have you guys seen the setup this guy has? I saw it on uh, on Ben's Twitter, yeah. I saw he posted a, uh, a couple of pictures and what have you. It looks really good, to be fair. I like Helkiana's uh, gif. You're very quiet now, Ben. <laughs> that's definitely far far superior to anything i've got i've got a little ring light like that but it's it was like a cheap 15 quid off of amazon jobby i think that's the elgato of my stuff one isn't it good. uh what's that the ring light the elgato no, key light uh, uh no it's the newer newer ring light okay. Yeah, I've got a cheap one from Amazon that's designed to be used by girls doing their makeup in their mirror. So that's 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 the level of professionalism you get over at my streams. I'll send you a link to um, a cheap uh, um, set of professional lights that um, Don Sibley put me onto, mate. 
Um, you and I don't run big, massive communities like Blue Waffle that bring in millions of dollars each year, so we can't afford to have the, the, the good setups like Mr. Flashboy there with his Lambo in the driveway and showing off with his nice living room and dodgy Twitch cushion and I can't even that. afford to buy myself my own fucking podcast coffee mug. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking, that was an expensive mug. Yeah, yeah. You got to run. You got to have a blue waffle server uh, to your name to be able to afford a coffee mug from the podcast. <laughs> it's a bit of a running joke, Matt, about how um, everyone thinks that community managers are rolling in millions and millions of dollars. So we we poke fun at each other quite a lot on this show. I I feel I feel like community management and QA get massively oversold in games. Like it's like, oh you get to play the games or just talk to people all day and it's like no. Generally it's a low paid position and you it's like watching your favorite movie every day, but only ten minutes of it. Um and then writing everything wrong that everything down that's wrong with it. Um in the end you end up hating it. Yeah. I would uh, I'm so glad that I never had to do like serious QA. I think there's a, a reason why there's so few, you know, sort of community managers and people who run servers like Ben that don't actually play the game that often. I know Ben plays it a fair bit and he's quite involved, but there's, there's a lot that just don't. And I can't say I blame them because the amount of a ball ache it must be, you know, uh, and Ben will probably attest to this as well. To actually run a community and deal with the with the shit that comes with it, I can understand why a lot of people don't do both. I'm fortunate in that I've got a good admin team. I couldn't do it without my admin team. Basically, mm. I couldn't. There's no way I could stream and look after the server and the people on it without my yeah. admin. So I've got them to thank for that. Quick question for Matt: Do you still remember how to write SQF? Oh God no, God no! Um, <laughs> like I can you, can barely you explain that what that is for the idiots uh, like myself. So that is the basic script that you use when you're uh, actually scripting armor missions. Um, and to be honest, is I was always really terrible at it. Um, I was I the main thing that I did for the mod when I was actually actually developing was uh, I did some config configuration. Um, and weapon balancing so pretty much it's already written for you You're just editing values you're figuring out which value um changes which which uh impacting game um and really that's just reading up on documentation um so yeah it was it was tough like i think the thing that i probably the skill that has probably most atrophied would be sql like when we were looking at the uh, SQL databases for like the mod and standalone, like it was, it was uh, far. I wish I'd kept up with that because it would have been far cooler. There's a lot more that can be done with databases in video games, um, but I'm not going to say more because that might ruin future ideas I may or may not pursue. <laughs> Jacob Mango is saying N4 script is so much better than SQF. Excellent idea for the engine change. Yeah. I can barely uh, write in my own English, let alone fucking <laughs> codes. Um, what else have we got? Um, yeah, well, Daisy Twitter Watch, I've just got a question mark there because it was a very quiet week from them. Um, 
what we do um, towards the end of the show, uh, Matt, um, I'll give you a chance before we go into the final closing bits. Is there anything else you've found while you've been digging through your files? Um, so not really at the moment. Um, That's fine. If you give me another second, I will give it one more, one more good old look. Um, well, while you do that, um, Ben, have you got a server you want to shine a spotlight on this week? Um, no, not so much a server because I, I kind of I brought it. It's gonna server's gonna be highlighted in the in something else I'm gonna highlight. So okay, well, what would you like to highlight then? Uh, right, I've got two things actually. Okay, so you brought my setup up today, which I had no idea about until I read the agenda today. But um, I what is the first one I was gonna highlight is Don Sibley he's giving away posted. a setup just like his. All you have to do is subscribe. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> um, Don Sibley put up a post this week of his. Uh, I know you might have seen him. He's been painting his uh, stream room. Yes. And I got to see. I got to see a video of him doing his um, VR stream, and it looked absolutely insane. And I, I guess that this setup must be like next level. And he, uh, he posted a reply, which if I drop the link to the tweet in your chat, you'll be able to take a look at it, um, where he give him, gives me a little tour of his, uh, his stream setup. So I thought people might like to see that. The levels he's uh, taking things with his setup is unreal. Um, yeah, if you look at there, he's done a little video reply to my, my retweet. And it shows this setup looks really cool. Room. Yeah. Is the stage, I suppose. Oh, HNS Nightmare. That's the lights there. You can just see them. That I've got. That he put me onto. I'll give you a quick look. Oh, I've got no idea like... where the fuck I would even put those in my room. They are quite big. Um, but, yeah, they're... They do the job. They do the job very well. And they were cheap, which was the big thing. Holy shit, that's very what? green. Yeah, he's, he's painted the whole room <laughs> green. Yeah. I wish I could do something like that. I wish I had the space. I've barely got the space for the piss-poor tiny little setup that I've got now. <laughs> and what about yourself? Um, Any highlights? Oh, I've got one more. I've got oh, one more. Wait, 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 wait. Sorry, sorry, sorry. But um, Chris FPS this week uh today just uh brought out a new video uh 20 odd minutes long um he's done he's been putting a lot of effort into doing a, a daisy sort of small length movie um like a 20 odd minute video i watched it today it's really good uh let me drop saw, the link i saw that you put on twitter that you was working on some stuff and teased some bits and bobs but i didn't realize he'd actually put the video up today let me drop you a link in your chat. This is a really good video that he's made. Uh, I know he's put a lot of effort into it over the last few weeks. Um, so it's definitely worth highlighting. And it also takes place on a server that I briefly mentioned in a, in a past server spotlight, um, which is some friends of mine, uh, the Just Instant server. So Chris filmed it on their server, which is it's a really good server. I've been helping them out with loads of stuff. Um, so that was like it's like a dual highlight. I wanted to highlight Chris on the on the server again. There, definitely check his video out. It's really really good. 
just post the link to it in my chat as well. Yeah, I think once I get around to actually figuring out some sort of half decent YouTube video, I think Chris was going to be my uh, my next stop to ask for some help on bits and bobs because I know he's doing a lot of really good thumbnail stuff at the moment as well. Chris is in chat right now as well, so yeah. Now, uh, what about yourself, Chris? Grim? Chris is as I say, Chris has come a very long way since uh, since I first met him or sort of spoke to him about two years ago on uh, on Blue Waffle, many, many moons ago. And that was back before I even had a PC and I was borrowing the Hellfire's PC anytime I'd go over to his house on a Sunday to hang out, jump on Boaf on one of his alt accounts and end up getting my head blown off within the first five minutes by anyone and everyone because I was absolute trash at the game. Um, but yeah, that's, that's pretty cool to see. As far as my spotlights, the only thing I've really got, I've just posted a link in chat. I always like to check the Steam Workshop for Daisy and just see, you know, what new stuff's coming up and anything cool happening, any updates. And there is now someone's created a fucking M134 oh Gatling God. gun mod. Now it does say. The M134 Gatling gun is a pure deadness weapon. I like that. Intended as an admin weapon. And the next step is to animate the barrel. So it's going to be one I'm going to keep an eye on because anything like that, just I think that would be fucking brilliant. Imagine that for raiding. Obviously, wow. like you said, it's meant as a... Obviously, it's meant as an admin weapon, so it's kind of, you know, it's... I don't think it would be a good idea to stick that in the you know in the in the in the loot economy or even have it no, as on a... my server, mate. It's going straight no. on. <laughs> I was going to say I can imagine <laughs> logging on to Boaf, having a look at one of the traders, and seeing that thing for about ten million. I've wanted one of them for months, so I'm quite happy yeah, to see that. So <laughs> I I hope that that I'll keep an eye on that because it looks like that's a very recent in the last week or so that that sort of existed maybe even in the last few days so I think I'll give it a few weeks and come back at the end of the month to see if uh, see what's changed but that'll be a really really interesting mod get a Gatling gun and just raid a base with that or something or just murder a bunch of zombies at the airfield right. brilliant yeah. there's his latest thumbnail. Um, okay, mine is actually, um, <clears throat> I wanted to give the running man a shout out um, for something that he was doing with his mods. Now, tomorrow is um, a mod squad day. I will be streaming with the mods on an open server. Anyone is welcome to come and join the server tomorrow. Password given out tomorrow on stream and come and try to kill us. The player that kills me gets to team up with me on a stream in the coming weeks. Now, the thing I liked about it is mods are... Often, particularly in those bigger streams like the Running Man and Smoke and those those big guys who get the big numbers, the mods really have to work. With me, other than, you know, I had actually something unusual happen earlier in the stream. Someone came in and spanned um, a whole pile of links to some video and I banned them. Um, but I think the mods were that shell-shocked that something bad happened in my stream um, that none of them actually jumped in and it. it was me who banned the person first. But... On the more active streams, those mods work their ass off. And it's great to see um, a content creator actually doing something fun with the mods. Um, not just, you know, checking out and, yeah, give us a pay rise. I'll give you a 100% pay rise on what you're on, Foxy. 100% on zero is... Anyone do the math for me? Zero. 
<laughs> so pro- pro- probably more than we make anyway now. Yeah. On yeah. quite a lot of things. I'll, I'll, I'll give you the same as what um, I'm making from the podcast. Um, so I'll send you an invoice for how much I'm down out of pocket so far. Just don't tell the missus she'll kill me. <laughs> but, yeah, I just thought that was something nice um, and people need to remember that that mods are overworked and underappreciated, particularly on those bigger streams. And it's nice to see someone actually doing something nice for their mods. You know, for most of them, they're usually massive fans of the person. Um, And um, I did laugh, though. I'll go back to the tweet. I did reply to it. Um, uh, You know, he put this image of the Spartans in 300 lining up and... Um, I said, I know your mods well, having been one before, and I see it as being more like this than the Spartans. Um, just a gif of a soldier dancing and dicking around. Um, but, yeah. I think I've, I've noticed a lot more recently. I don't know if something's changed or whether maybe I've just actually had my eyes open when surfing through Twitter, but I've noticed a lot more at the moment that when it comes to running mans, he seems to be raiding a lot more people. A lot of smaller streamers as and things should. like that recently. As as well he should. Yeah, absolutely. I think we all agree that, you know, when you should always sort of try and raid across or down, you know, and try and, you know, sort of do that. And, and to be fair, it's very I think it would be very difficult for Paul to raid up because he's already pretty much at the top. So but it's really good to see a lot more people seem to be tweeting out at the moment saying, Oh, you had a great stream today. Thanks to Running Mans for the for the raid, you know, and it's just really good to see, you know, someone decent like him's actually, you know, giving back to the community and 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 doing things the right way. So I don't know whether Some, it's someone had a shitty grin on his face before. I think someone's found something really cool. I have uh, hive files. There you go. I don't have a copy of the database, but I have all of the. Uh, I have the external, the hive external DLL. And then I've also got server PBO to go alongside it. So the only thing you need then is the database schema, which, to be honest, is that would be... You could probably just pull that from the actual code um, because you'd be able to see where it defines things. So I knew I had it somewhere, but I'm going to... Let me... This is my... I'll post it in the chat. What can you legally do with it, though? I mean, legally, I can do... Uh, it's a mod file. Um, so, to be honest, is that's... That it, it's not... It's not classified? Because it wasn't part of my employment, I don't think. So I could run it, yep. and people could... Be, they launched Armor 2 with the same files. So I would have to I would have to publish the files, I'd have to put up a server, and then people could use those files to play on the server. Uh, but I've I've <laughs> that is how many folders it's gone through. Um, which yeah. When it's called new folder, it's horrendous. So yeah, I'm surprised I'm surprised that, that still exists. But I'd love for you to get a server up and we all jump on it. That'd be cool. Um, yeah, I've I've even got some of the old old uh, precursors as well to it as well. So the precursors two days e so like our 
or medical mod and things like that. Um, yeah, I also have found a presentation I will share. Give me a second. So this was another one. This one is dated. You'll, you will see we reused a lot of stuff being lazy, but uh, this one gives, actually has a timeline in. And this one was to, in 2012, when we first joined, um, there was a, I think this event was actually a Czech games developers conference. Um, and it's a super brief one. And it was essentially like, what is Daisy? So really, you know, we, in 2012, we actually put Armour 2 um, to the top of the Steam, Steam, uh, can you go back a slide? Yeah. I was just reading the comment there. I like the um, little uh, comments you had there uh, from the Battlefield 3 dice guy. Modding is a um, dying declining trend. trend. Declining trend. Um, April the next year, DayZ puts three-year-old Armour 2 top on Steam. Yeah, so actually that's something that was another spot where I, I very closely got in trouble. So... Patrick Back was, I referenced him in an interview once. Someone was saying about the question. So when you're being interviewed, you generally kind of know what they're going to ask about. Um, not because you ask for the questions up front, but because you know what the, the hot topics are in gaming at the, the time. And one of the things that was hotly discussed uh, at Gamescom, it was, uh, I was asked by a fairly big news outlet. Um, they were saying, oh, you know, what do you think of modding in games? And I knew that someone was going to ask that question that week. So I just smiled because I, I basically pre-prepared my answer in my head, which was Patrick Back, the exec producer on, on Battlefield, said, modding is dead. And my witty retort to that was, well, we sure buried it alive, didn't we? Turns out I'd misquoted the executive producer on Battlefield um, because ah. he said it was a declining trend, not that it was dead. Um, but all of the news articles took my quote of Patrick back and published it of basically me spitting on him. Um, he then responded saying, I didn't say that. I said it was a declining trend, but I'm glad to see that, you know, there are, there are things that, you know, that, that don't make that, make that true. Um, but I think that's the nice thing is like, actually, we're seeing more and more indie titles breaking through now and that are stomping all over big AAA titles because you're seeing, like, you know, people are making games that people want to play. And I think that AAA has a place in the industry and it's great to see, you know, big games deliver top-end titles. You know, you look at, like, the very cinematic experiences from, like, The Last of Us and an indie developer just can't do that. Three blokes in, a, in an attic can't do it. You need a team of several hundred people to deliver that quality. But, you know, when you look at like, so this is probably the favorite bit in this presentation is like, you see in 2010, that was when USEC first developed the actual application to link Armour 2 to a database. And that was to save our persistency in Armour. So when you logged off the server, it would save your location and the equipment that you had um, to a website. Um, and you can see that actually we started, you know, November 2011 was when we kind of started testing it. Um, and the private server in New Zealand was the first server that we actually published, which was the Cherno one um, that Dean has referenced in some of the interviews. And 
the first guy that we had, we had a download for a media file link for the files. And the first guy on, it was just in the server name. He'd obviously gone to the media file link, downloaded it, and joined the server. Didn't say a word. Not a word. And we were like, cool, someone's joined. They've actually done what we, you know, we thought no one was going to do. And we kept trying to speak to him in global chat, but he never, he never, he never bit. And uh, it was like, oh, that was anticlimactic. Um, but then more and more people joined, and obviously it took off. But you can kind of see the timeline here is like, you know, there was a bit, you know, there was a bit of a lag, but then the minute it kind of hit critical mass, you know, in two months, well, less than two months, we went from 300,000 to a million. If you're going to make a terrible comparison, that's like freaking Bitcoin numbers, you know? Yeah. Um, it goes from like pennies to, to thousands of pounds. Like, um, and it really, really took off. Um, and then, you know, talking about some of the, some of the game design decisions where it's like, you know, actually your inputs and outputs to the system are quite simple, but your experience can be quite complex with like diseases and things and, you know, the social interaction. Um, and actually it's fine for something to be complex if it's easy for the player to understand and, you know, learn quickly, um, you know, after your first death. You kind of understand that it matters, um, and that really the last point is the most powerful bit, where it's like forcing the people players to think about it and what what decisions they want to make. In you know, as you were all aware, sure you can go to Chern or Electro, but you're probably gonna get you, you know you're gonna have a bad time. But you're making a conscious decision to take that risk, so it's completely on your head. Or you can just scrabble around for like a few pistols around some of the smaller buildings, um, you know. And then that's where we, again, you can already see some of the ideas that we had talked about, like barricading and things, and um, that where you know best best of intents. Um, and then like the things where you see somebody that's totally geared up and it's very very visual and like you know you can see somebody's a top end player because they've got you know, all the top-end gear, and they're wearing it. Like, you know, having a gas mask was a badge of honor because they were pretty hard to find, and it had no real use. Um, But, yeah, it was also quite nice where actually a good player with rubbish gear can compete with a bad player with, like, top-end gear. Um, One of my favorite stories that I had was I joined onto a server just for a bit of a faff around, and I've met uh, I'd met an Israeli guy who it was like his second time loading into the game. So I'm like, oh, dude, come with me. I'll help you. And he had no idea who I was. But I took him up the eastern coast by the shipwreck and I took him into some of the towns there. And, and we got some, I'd given him, I'd given him like the M4 that I'd found. And I'd got some like really rubbish pistol. It was like a Makarov or something. And uh, we, got, we got ambushed by four guys. And we were in this one little building uh, that was just outside the northern one of the northern towns. And I was like, stay in the building and stay in a corner. I'm going to go kill them all. And I ran out of the building over a berm. And we knew the map back to front. So like, I knew where all the, undu- you know, where all the undulation was. And I literally just ran around them and systematically John Wicked every single one of them. 
and then left the last guy alive crippled with his legs broken and then just killed him with an axe. And the, 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 guy, the Israeli guy in the building was like, oh my god, that was amazing. I was like, <laughs> well, here's all your top-end gear, buddy. Um, have fun. And then I posted the story to like the Daisy forums and the, the Israeli guy popped up on the forums and was like, oh my god, that was me. <laughs> and it was, it's awesome to kind of get that whole like experience where actually those four guys were just looking to you know curb stomp us and, and give us a good old seeing to, but they just picked the wrong people to mess with that day. Um, and yeah, you kind of jump onto some of the things and Q&A. So that's probably the, the most exciting things that we actually have. Um, there's probably more if I kept digging, but Keep save that for a And we will definitely get, be getting you back on early next year, I reckon, um, because this has been an absolutely amazing um, session. You know, um, for me, this is up there with Adam and Jakub um, as the best ones we've done, Brim. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I wonder as well um, for you, Boydie, whether it might be worth uh, a spotlight interview as well. Yeah. I, I've kind of moved away. Um, I don't know whether you know, Matt, um, I was doing um, a dedicated series of interviews where without the other stuff where we talk about what's happened in DayZ throughout the week, um, I was doing dedicated interviews with people of note in the DayZ community. Not always big names, but also small names. But I've kind of moved away from it just because it was so difficult to organise, you know, tying someone down to a few hours. But um, definitely um, might be worth uh, doing one with you, like Brim said. Um, just to try to get everything a bit more planned, um, get some good questions from um, people, because it seems like as much as um, I like to think I know Daisy, um, I should know who you are because the amount of people who I know and who they they know who you are and they know the same names that you know, um, but that probably just comes down to my lack of pedigree with not having gotten to play the mod. And to be honest, as I was, you know. I'm just a name in history now. Like, it doesn't really matter. Like, I'm not around anymore, so, you know, why should people know me? Like, but... oh, I don't know. Dean's not around anymore. <laughs> Brian's not around anymore. <clears throat> um, There is a... Sorry, there's a couple more questions in chat I've just noticed. So, Combat Jackal has asked about my PC specs. So, I actually can play Daisy. I have a sim rig. I've got 6, 700k at 4 gigahertz. 32 gigs of RAM, and then a 1080 Ti. Um, I love DCS, and I play a fair bit of VR with some friends. Um, and I'm I'm primarily a PC gamer. Are you going to get a 3080 or a 3090? In the, you know, when you can actually buy one in three years' time. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I also need to upgrade the CPU, I think, as well, and probably just give it a good, good old... Uh, upgrade um because i think there's well i like playing stuff at like top end specs so you can see it how pretty it really yes. can be yes um i hate people who play games on low res because it gives them a tactical advantage it's like fuck that man so they, they put so much effort into making this game beautiful PUBG people used to turn the res down daisy they'll turn the res down so the grass doesn't render it it's like no you, there's, there's something you know daisy's a great game for it walking along and just enjoying the beauty of the world that's being created around you why would you want to turn it down and play in pleb specs yeah i've i've only just realized that 
as well in the last couple of days. There was a reason why I was having issues streaming whilst playing Daisy because I'm on a single PC setup and my Streamlabs for ages was absolutely fine. I could play Daisy on Extreme. I've got an RTX 2060. You know, I'm not on some shite specs at the moment. But for some reason, my Streamlabs just took a massive shit. And it turns out it was simply because I wasn't running Streamlabs in, admi in administrator mode. So literally just hitting, right-clicking it and going, start as administrator. And it's been absolutely smooth. It's ridiculous. Sorry, I'm Another guy. because I've got this thing where people can play sound effects. Um, and someone just played the uh, like a deaf music violin in the background. And I was just like, it was just totally random. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So actually, one of the guys that's popped up, uh, Avenger underscore underscore one, uh, is actually so he's a he's a he's a tiny little streamer that. So I'm going to commit to something now. Um, so the original Combat Knife from Daisy, the model that is still in the game, uh, Avenger one is a tiny streamer at the minute. He's he's a. Uh, mostly playing Star Wars Squadrons, but I will make the comeback to DayZ and we'll do something for charity. And if you guys all want to get in on it and we'll he, uh, pick a good cause. Uh, Avenger One is a ex-veteran in Canada, um, but he's a really good streamer, top-end pilot. Like I've never seen anyone as good in piloting stuff. Um, but I'll shill him and we'll... we'll give away the knife for charity or something. I don't know. Either raffle it off or do a giveaway or something um, for some good, worthy cause. Um, but he's a, he he's just popped up in chat. Um, That's just you a uh, friend request Avenger. On, uh, yeah, he, he's mm. cracking. Um, but yeah, te the, that Avenger guy does... Like has like ten ten viewers, but I'll, I'll shill him and we'll we'll do something for charity for him. So I don't know, a worthy cause. I I always feel bad picking something because you know you pick one thing, you're not doing it for something else. Uh, don't so. feel too bad because <laughs> at the end of the day, someone will do something for something else. Like I'm doing um, two now. One is um, Wounded Heroes, um, a veterans charity here in Australia. Um, and the other one um, is going to be a new one now with the Movember uh, for depression just because it's such a serious issue at the moment. Matt, yeah, I... I can't thank you enough for tonight, mate. This has been an absolutely amazing <laughs> chat. It's been mind-blowing. Like I was watching Ben's face. I was watching Brim's face when you were showing the photos and the presentations and just seeing all this stuff that, yeah, I remembered some of it. Some of it I had no idea about. I think probably my favourite part was the the canon of Daisy. <laughs> yeah. The random stuff you find on a hard drive. That was just amazing seeing that stuff. A rabies virus mutation. Yeah. Blew me away. Absolutely blew me away. Well, you've got a shout out for Avenger One. Is there anything else in the Daisy realm that you would like to shout out as well, Matt? Before we end this, so I honestly I think, and there's a there's a fair like there's a, I think it's all the people that helped us get there. So you know, I look back at Mel and like, so Mel's comment, 
Mel's took a comment saying like Icebreaker did a new map and he put an error in after me because like again Icebreaker I know I have him on Facebook like I've never met the dude but we kept in such Bohemia forums and through Daisy and stuff and that's like all that modding community is super tight all the people that gave us servers in the early days like I had a plain text document with like admin access to 200 servers at one point um, just so we could make sure that we were trying to get more people playing the mod. And that was, people were, you know, the, the server specs at the time, they were like 50 quid a month servers. So you had 200 people paying 50 pounds a month just to let more people play Daisy. Um, you know, we had multiplayer, VLayer, um, all these server pr providers giving us stuff for free just to try and, you know, get in on the action so that more people could do it. We had community, mem you know, I was looking through, I've got, I have a spreadsheet of all of the original team and I can't share it because it's got uh, personal details on, right? But, you know, we had all the original mod team. We had guys that did the website, guys that did concept art, people that helped us with like security, um, all these individuals that dedicated anything from like five minutes of the time to days or months of their time. Like, thank you to them. There were a lot of people that did that and got very, like, you know, nothing in return. You know, I didn't make any major money. I, I, I got a very low check salary, right? But I got something out of it and I got a career. Those guys got nothing. They, they, they did it by the good grace of the heart. And I think that all those people that helped along the way from streamers to content creators to even community members, like, that would be my shout out. And I know it's a long list. No. And, but without everyone along the way helping us, we'd have never have hit it. Like we'd have we'd have ballsed it up at some point. And I, there's no easy way to be able to thank them all without breaking data protection rules. Yeah. Those who know know who they are. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and I would also, you know, if any of them came to my door or wanted a recommendation, I would do that. You know, I've done that for a couple of them already because I think this is, you know, I've got a lot of time for them. I think you're going to um, get inundated with um, uh, random people hitting you up on um, uh, Twitter as well. Um, you know, a new generation of modders and people who are... Um... I have to ask you something, though. We've got a resident yeah. bad boy in the stream. Did you ever hear of 420 Gaming? I did not. You didn't? I call, but my memory is like absolute. I'm like a goldfish. <laughs> <laughs> we just like to ask with the OGs of Daisy whether they've heard of uh, 420 Gaming. They were the naughty boys who managed to get their hands on a crack code of Daisy uh, and started importing Armour 3 stuff into it. And yeah. <laughs> I mean, there was a lot of stuff like that, to be honest. Like, I. And and quite frankly, like the you spend all your time fighting stuff like that, it's time you're not spent developing new stuff. And what are you really achieving? Yeah. So Dewan can hit you up for a job then if he's ever looking for one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll I'll happily recommend people because I you know referral bonuses in the games industry is pretty good. <laughs> ah, sweet. There you go. Not what you know, it's who you know. Matt, any final words, mate? 
Not really. I hope that people, you know, enjoy enjoy the current version of the thing that you know I took a small part in along the way. Um, they do. They do. The fact that you know, like I've only got um, how many guys, um, viewers have you guys got watching you? I think uh, I've got like one. <laughs> Fifteen, I think something 15. like that. I think, so I think my one about, might be a bot. But between us, we've got about uh, fifty people watching the videos. Um, I upload get hundreds of people watching them, and yeah, you, know, you this is fairly niche. But the game that you provided, you know, right now there is the Running Man is getting the best numbers I've ever seen. Three thousand smokes getting three thousand. Um, there was two Aussie streamers streaming um, Daisy. Uh, the other night, um, a weeknight uh, in the evening. So pretty much where no one else in the Western world is awake uh, and they both had nearly a 1,000 people watching them play Daisy. There is a lot of people who love this game. Um, and to meet you, Matt, and to find out the story behind some of the stuff that happened during the initial planning stages has just been absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. I'm glad it's been of interest. Like, really one day I'd love to write a book. And, yeah, we, we have had other guests on before, but there's not many people we've said to, we need to get you back. I don't think you had much time to prepare for this, so we'll plan um, a time for early next year. Um, hopefully you'll have your hive thing uh, sorted out by then. I still don't really know what you mean by the hive, but I'm guessing that was just a version of um, Daisy. So that it was the database that used to save everyone's details when they when you'd log on, it would save you where your character was and the equipment that you had. So it's yeah. like the back end. Um, but now, actually, that's packaged into the server files. But back in the day, it was separate. So when you rolled up a Daisy mod server, it would connect to our database basically, and we made sure that that connection was secure so that people couldn't. Uh, People couldn't uh, game the system. Yeah, Matt, you're an absolute legend, mate. You have blown us away with what you've got. What's he got to hear? Another little quick stream you're sharing for us. No, that's not me. Oh, That'd no, be me. Just uh, just going off what you were saying there about the uh, obviously about players still loving it. Lax obviously killing it with the streaming. A lot of guys are now you know really coming into their own. Just shows here. Look, September 2020. 36,728 concurrent players of Daisy, And that's, that's I mean, um, obviously that's the Steam charts. That's obviously just Steam. That doesn't include the dreaded console that we don't talk about, <laughs> the red-headed stepchild of our community. Um, I know I'm going to get hate for that, and I fucking love it. Um, but look, at the end of the day, look, you know, the numbers don't lie. February this year, look, 40,545. So, you know, yeah. like we say, there's, you know, it's not going anywhere anytime soon. May 35,000 dropped down a reasonable bit at the, you know, during the summer there, but it's, it's going up again Look, 30,700 in October so far. So, you know, it's definitely, uh, it's definitely still going. It's definitely still going good. You can definitely see when lockdown hit though, can't you? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. There's there's quite a there's quite a spike in a lot of places as well. It's quite weird, but yeah, and look, January, and sorry? then it just went January there. Look, January 2020, 25,000, and then it jumped. It literally damn near doubled <laughs> in in the space of a month. And because Daisy's one of those games as well, you you need hours to 
sink into it. You can't just jump on quickly. But I mean, there's servers like the ones um, deathmatch servers, uh, and yeah. even now the battle royale. Um, watch this space, uh, but um, you need hours to invest in a good session in DayZ, and everyone being locked down and stuck at home. Well, what better game is there to play than DayZ? I've put more hours into Daisy, just general, not even with any direction, just general fuckery in the last two weeks, and I think I have in the last month combined because it's I, I just can't turn it off at the moment, and I and I'm not even doing anything of interest. Matt, thank you so much, hear. mate. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. It Thanks really, for having me. It's been an honor and a pleasure, mate. Uh, Daisy royalty in the house. <laughs> Cheers. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for coming on, especially at such short notice. And we will do you more credit next time and give you more time to prepare uh, because I think you've got a, a lot more. Uh, like Highland just said there, thanks for the game. Thanks for, for doing your part in getting this game up and going because it sounds like it was some really rough times in those early days when you didn't have a lot of support and you still managed to make it happen. Thank you, everyone, for playing it. <laughs> uh, I'd be lost without it. My missus, she gets sick of me wearing my Daisy hat and my Daisy shirts and my bloody, all the rest of it. She tolerates me. It's only because I'm so good in the sack. <laughs> I'm, saying, oh, I'm saying nothing. I'm saying nothing. <laughs> Why do you have a different experience of that? <laughs> yeah, I've got a different experience of Boydie in the sack, yeah. <laughs> Guys, thank you all so, so damn much for uh, tonight. Tonight's been an amazing one. One of our longer ones, three and a half hours. Normally they go for two to two and a half hours, but it was like, I think it was probably about an hour and a half, I think, before you finished your trip down memory lane, uh, phase one. And then the other phases just kept them popping in because you could see your mind was just going over time. But thank you so much. I, I know I've said that a dozen times, but this has been, um, you know, they can probably see the smile on my face. Um, has been an absolute blast for us. I wish more people had been watching this. I hope to God a lot of people watch this video because if they're a Daisy fan, they're going to hear stuff that, you know, Ben, Brim, most of the people in chat were blown away by um, especially the canon part of your presentation you did for us. That was just stuff that I don't think many people have ever heard before. Yeah, this is, this is that's, 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 that's where someone will shoot me with a dart gun. <laughs> like that, yeah, that never made it into a public release, so we never actually even put that into the actual Cherno release. They've never really um, released much Canon Four Days though. And th th there was an intent behind that because it was more powerful without it, and also yep. having to wait forty-five seconds before you get into the game was freaking infuriating. Mm. Like we got genuinely sick of that. Um, I think the closest thing you got was the original mod trailer. Um, but, yeah. Uh, Guys, thank you all so, so much. Matt, a pleasure, and we will definitely be getting you back on. Um, thank you, everyone in chat, for watching. Um, I will catch you all next time, guys. Say goodbye to everyone. Cheers. Yeah. Cheerio. Have a good one, everyone. Thanks, everyone. See you later.